Direct from the After Hours Lounge in the back room of the best cigar shop east of just west of this very location is the Cigar Hacks. Better known as a bunch of hacks, smoking cigars, etc. What do you say there, Ricky? Hey, 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 we're up at the Christmas party up here in New Hampshire and Seabrook, up here at Two Guys with some very special guests. Okay, a panel of hacks for this installment are, of course, Nurse Rick. This town needs an enema. <laughs> Hey, Anima Boy is in the house! <laughs> okay, then we got the. Oh, Hunter Rick! You spot a little brook? Put your little deer whips down to the cool, clear water. Bam! A bullet rips off part of your head. Your brains are laying on the ground in little bloody pieces. Here we go. Hunter Rick in the house up here for the annual uh, Christmas party for two guys, Dave Garoppolo. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show. All right, we got uh, <laughs> the long hauler. You load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper and dead. Good evening and happy Thirsty Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Ooh. All right, Reverend Jave. Hallelujah. 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 Well, happy holidays, everybody, and I'm in the house. Yeah, okay, and we get Chuck. Chuck, which is the... Chuck the Maestro. Chuck the Maestro. Uh, then we can use this one. Chuck. Thank you. I have seen the light. <laughs> yes, I have seen the light up here at Seabrook. At Two Guys Smoke Shop, first time at the Christmas party. It's been a blast. Everybody should come. Have a good t- have a good Christmas and enjoy the show. See you next year. <laughs> okay, we got Mr. Bo Jimbles. Well, hello. I'm very happy you guys could see me. Yeah. That's right. I'm the man. <laughs> no, actually, the man is sitting to my right. A vanilla ice intro. That's awesome. That's the best. <laughs> actually, we have a very special guest star. Go ahead. We do. We have a very, very special guest wow, star in the house. Right. First of all, this man that's sitting here, we're lucky to... This is the first time we've had an NFL player on, other than Arnie. We, we know Arnie, but... Um, Carney. Yeah. <laughs> this is number 50 for the New England Patriots. Also played for the Giants, Dallas, and that team in New York that we all tend to hate called the Jets. Uh, linebacker, long snapper, we have Steve Diossi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, by the way, Rick. Hold on. Hold on. By the way, you missed Super Bowl winner. Super Bowl. Uh, Hold on. I'm just happy that you had O Fortuna as my intro music. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever I pull it, whenever I pull it on the motorcycle, and the boys are there waiting for me, I crank uh, the uh, uh, Fortuna. Just love it. Just with that music straight out of what? It's awesome. Straight out of oh, just we we have Super Bowl. You won Super Bowl twenty five. Yes. And you were an All-American. Yep. Long snapper. I'm not really sure that's the guy who hikes the ball a long way. <laughs> Do whatever you can to yeah, get paid. And a linebacker. <laughs> and he's a Boston Cal- College graduate. And his son won two Super Bowls off kicking the <laughs> out of the Patriots. 
Giants. This is true. Who does your son play for? Your Giants. Wow. (laughs) 13 seasons. Really? Yeah, he came out of that that, uh, college football factory known as Brown University. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) sure. They they produce, you know, they're like Michigan, Ohio State. So he paid you back for the college? (laughs) Gave me nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. He he takes me golfing a lot. Okay. So this is your humble announcer producer, Sakahekte. To the man! What? Uh, I really don't know. Segments include Hidden Earth, Blind Cigar Review. We got a nice Toro, nice and dark. And then we got uh, current events in the cigar world. What do you say, Hav? Oh, we have 14 tonight. 14 events. And then we got uh, Local Spotlight Cigar Lounge Review. We're here, two guys in Seabrook at the Christmas party. Yes. And it's very Christmassy year. Mm. Party. We got Santa's in the house. And we got uh, Controversy Corner where we expose the ugly underbelly of possible truth along with Hidden Earth Reveal and Hidden Earth Recap. Find us all the usual places. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our website, CigarHacks.com. And Facebook. Facebook. Let's get into the cigar. Hi, Steve. Oh, How are welcome, you, welcome, welcome. Yeah. 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 We got a mystery cigar here. What yeah. we yeah. Why don't you describe it? Yeah. All right, hold on. Go ahead. You got mm. I know Steve and I don't have lighters. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, I'm prepared. There right. you go. Yeah, we'll mine up here. I don't get anything. A little pepper on the uh, foot. Ooh, the foot's got nice aroma. I get a hint of sweetness from the cold draw. Is this this is darker than yeah. a regular Maduro? Is this like a? S- I don't know. I didn't look it up. So San Andreas double obscuro. Maybe. Hey, what is it? I'll look it up. Uh oh, it's got the pepper. There you go. There you go. All right, like these bones. Wait a minute. Play the lighting music. The lighting music. Yes, we have lighting music. Here we go. We already lit it. There you go. Time to light them. What's better than one cigar? Two cigars. What do you think? Better than WEI, huh? <laughs> well, a lot of things are better than WEI these days. <laughs> walking my dog. <laughs> They've had their issues lately. Well, you don't do that no more. It used to be. No, I don't. I gave it up this year. First time in 50 years that I haven't had something that I had to show up to in the fall. Whether it really? was playing the game or talking about the game or whatever. I didn't realize until I decided I wasn't going to do it anymore that I've been doing it for 50 years. Wow. Which wow. is, and and then all of a sudden, I'm like, what the hell did I do? Give it, why, why would I? And then I realized that I wanted to spend time with the family. I sure. To, wow, nice. Yeah. All those years know, on the road. I don't know something. if I theoretically could play more golf than I do, but I figured I would. And and, it, uh, and a little bit of travel. So it's, uh, it's good. I could. I No, I couldn't. A, you couldn't. I so if you were walking, in which state would they know you the best? Like, New Jersey, uh, really? the Giants. Yeah, that was my uh, my best years. Oh, by the way, I was number ninety nine. There was two weeks when I came to the Patriots that you would never- that uh, somebody had ninety nine, so, so I took, took fifty. And I I didn't argue about it because I knew the kid wearing ninety nine wasn't going to make the team. As a ten year vet in my eleventh season, I could have said, you know, hey, that's my number, but. I kind of evaluated the situation. I'm like, yeah, he's not making the team. Were yeah. you? Were you? Pick your fight. You were 99 for the 99. Giants, not 55. 99 in college, nine, uh, 55 in, in Dallas. Yeah. 99 for the Giants, 99 for the Patriots. Wow. Right? So yeah, I, that only came because my best friend from high school uh, was a nut job little tiny linebacker from South Boston. Uh, that Is that the guy? Man, ta- ta- yes, taught me how to love football. And he wore number 99. So I asked for number nine when I went to BC. And the equipment manager looks at me and goes, you're not fitting to number nine. And I'm not ordering a special jersey for you. I said, how about 99? He goes, whatever. I don't care. Get out of the way. You know? so that's how I ended up with 99. That's awesome. Yep. Cool. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know, but- it's a funny story, too, because one day I'm in here, right, and Steve comes in, and I'm like, that dude looks familiar. And then he spoke, and I'm like, that dude sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and then it turned out. And then, like, a few weeks later, right, Steve's down at a chain restaurant down the street with me drinking beers and my brother texted me and he said you know I, I said well I'm out drinking with Steve D'Arcy he goes leave it to you <laughs> to freaking somehow go out drinking with Steve D'Arcy I said you know what I did Steve I, I asked yeah. I asked the guy yeah. I asked him to go out and have a I'll, I'll tell you the very first time I met uh, Ani Garin. Um, He said, hi, I'm Ani Garin. And I said, are you related to Lawrence Garin? He was a great football player. And he's just looking at me. And he said, well, I'm Ani Garin. And I said, oh, what do you do? (laughs) And he just looked at me and said, said, Rick, he's a footballer. And I said, he is? Right. Right. (laughs) Well, you you know, not not for nothing, there's been a thousand, a couple thousand, a few thousand guys that have come through the NFL. And uh, some some names you'll never forget. Right. Brady and Lawrence Taylor. And Joe Montana and all these guys. Right. Uh, right. you know, unfortunately, uh, my son played for, in the league for 13 right. years, so the Diossi name is remembered a little bit more, but not because of my exploits, because yeah. he hit, managed to win a couple of Super Bowls. Well, you won a uh, Super Bowl. I did. I did, and that was fantastic, and it was great, but actually watching my son win a exactly. Super Bowl was even better. More, yeah, better highlight. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I didn't think anything could, could be better in sports than winning a Super Bowl. And then I watch my son win it. So I, is, it, is your ring twice. in a special case and everything? And uh, it is. And, I, and, and Jimmy said, uh, you should wear it tonight. I'm like, okay. And I thought about it. And I'm like, I'm not 100% sure where it is. It's, it's, <laughs> <all right. laughs> it's, not, it's I have a huge bookcase with about four humidors and a bunch of other things in there and papers and this. And, and I know it's in there somewhere in a box that I keep it in. But I'm like, I'm not going to look for it. Not at the know? pawn shop, right? Not, but the other thing is. <laughs> The ones they gave out back in 1990 oh, are about good. half the size right. of oh, what they give out now. Yeah. The ones they give out now are just phenomenal, and they all have good stories to them, too. I, I, I've been dying to ask uh, a ball player, what's it like on the duck tour? Uh, we, uh, that's the other thing that was kind of crazy. That was the first Desert Storm when we won right. uh, the Super Bowl. We didn't have a parade in New York. Oh, no. We thought we thought we were going through the, uh, the Canyon of Champions right. and... Because of uh, uh, the security issues and whatnot, even the game itself was, right. was nobody was allowed in with a camera. And wow. I actually snuck a, a video camera in there on Saturday on our walkthrough, put it in the locker room, and at halftime, I uh, I took it out onto the field, gave it to the equipment manager, and then when they were when Buffalo was lining up to hit the uh, game-winning field goal, supposedly. I videotaped the whole thing. thing. Uh, He misses it. We win the Super Bowl. And I have the only non-network video (laughs) in the entire stadium. You couldn't bring a camera or anything. Uh, How cool is that? uh, Yeah, it was great. And I got a bunch of in-the-locker-room stuff afterwards. And I ended up after I – and I also did a lot of stuff during the week. So I had to edit a lot of that out. But I I, uh, (laughs) I, uh, uh, put it together and, and sat down with, I think it was CBS in New York. And uh, they wanted all my footage because there was a bunch of pictures of me with a video camera. The only person in the stadium with with a video video camera. (laughs) And they're like, we got to have that. I said, well... All right, well, then let's make a donation to the Shriners at the right. time. I love oh, sure. I've always been working with the Shriners. So. And those were VHS. Yeah, yeah that was, it was the old, yeah, Big it was one. actually the time. It was a it was good size, yeah. but it was, and it was just, like, stuff that networks could never see, the locker room celebration. Oh, they loved it. And the only non-football person in our locker room afterwards 
was John Bon Jovi. Really? Oh, yeah. Wait, who was a, yeah. You got to and, meet John Bon Jovi. Not yeah. me. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I actually <laughs> sang was with him? in on. Oh, I sang with him on stage. Did you kiss him on the lips? I sang with uh, <laughs> no a cheek kiss, like a you know, like, right. yeah. like a guy. He, uh, <laughs> we a bunch of us. He was a uh, well for back backpedal a little bit. He was at the he was uh, in the Giants locker room because oddly enough, and this is a very strange pairing. He was very good friends with Bill Belichick. Bill yeah, Belichick he was our is, he right? was, yeah. Bill Belichick, Belichick was our defensive coordinator, and John Bon Jovi would come to practice once in a while. New Jersey right. guy, and he's in the locker room with ultimate security going on around the stadium. Here's John Bon Jovi in the locker room did you after ever, we win a Super Bowl. Wow. Did you ever yeah. learn how Crazy. him and Bon Jovi became friends? I, I just think that they they met at some point because he was such a big Giants fan and and the ownership uh, uh, had him come in a few times and and whatever. It, it's it's a strange scenario, but hmm. uh, John's actually uh, a lot better. He knows more football than you would imagine. You figure, oh, here's a locker and whatnot. A pretty boy. I had conversations yeah. with him where he's talking about the Giants from the seventies and and the eighties and stuff and talking to all these names, I'm like, I don't, I don't know who and you're it's talking weird about. Be, you know? It's weird because in the eighties, I would have had sex with John Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> he was beautiful. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he was a very handsome man. But, in, but instead, <laughs> little skinny, for, little, now we skinny know yeah, little skinny for my taste. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. now we know the what truth. Do you, what do you what do you think of this cigar? Pretty good so far. It started out at, at first, it, it, it felt a little spicy on the, on the first uh, intake. It's smoothed out very nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's uh, evidently smoked. I just, I just, I don't, I, I'm not good enough. I've been smoking cigars for 30 plus years, but I'm not good enough to rate right. cigars yeah, here and there. But I'll tell you this: I know a cigar that I'll smoke again. That's when I smoke a cigar. My really only criteria is: Will I smoke that again? Mm. And I, I will, smoke this again in a minute. I will say this: From you know, being with Steve for a while now, Steve likes Nicaraguan cigars. cigars. He's he's a padrone guy, yep. and so he likes the spice of Nicaraguan. My guess: You have this, the best palate. That I have ever <laughs> only one cigar you never got, yeah. but you've got. But I was there. Incredible. What do you think? So I think this cigar is um, spicy, rich. I think it's interesting. I think it smokes pretty good. What do you think I it is? Uh, this. I'm going to say Rick Rodriguez in, in West Tampa. You're cheating. Because it's the one we decided to pick out. I didn't know what you were oh, picking out. Okay. You were asking That's me right. questions. Nice. Uh-huh. Wow. What a, right, off, yeah, right off the head. First guess. That's because we were right there, right behind yeah. you. So, <laughs> Steve, let me ask so you. When you guys won the Super Bowl, what did you, did you guys smoke a cigar in celebration? Oh, what did you guys oh, smoke? Yes, we smoked did. the hell out of that. Uh, <laughs> back then, I was. Uh, uh, that was right, right about when I first uh, started paying attention to cigars. And uh, the uh, I was in Manhattan. At the uh, Nat Sherman store, the old famous yeah, Nat Sherman, yeah, right yeah. in the corner of uh, Broadway Mike there, Carol-Potts. and uh, there was this older gentleman, Frank, that would uh, show me around and started introducing me and talking to me about cigars to the point where they had these private lockers. He's like, "Come on, I got something for you upstairs." He's going into a locker. It's it's uh, Rudy Giuliani's locker. He goes, "Here, try one of these." Next week, he's like. Here's Sly Stallone's locker. Try one of these. <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you talking about? You can't go in there privately. I goes, they don't know. They have no idea. <laughs> never, don't worry about it. They won't be back for you. Yeah. He, uh, uh, he, he was a guy that about three or four years, I was going out to Nat Sherman and learning about cigars and finding what I liked and figuring out what I had. So that's that's kind of was, he was my uh, that was my introduction in uh, in New York. So 
I had I had some cigars in uh, we we actually there was a because of Desert Storm I think there was a usually you have two weeks between the NFC and AFC Championship games and the Super Bowl for some reason the schedule got screwed up and it was only one week so we flew right from San Francisco after we beat San Fran they were supposed to win because they'd won two Super Bowls in a row and were favored Showdown. to go and we ended up smacking them around and winning the game and and we flew right to Tampa and I had uh, uh, I had a box of cigars in a in a plastic bag i'm not very sophisticated when it comes to the travel humidors but uh and then i actually before we left the locker room i called uh budget and rented a car because we were getting in at 5 a.m into tampa and while everybody else was going to the buses me and everson walls great corner i said come come with me cubby let's go and go and rent the car and then we drove to the stadium in tampa and me and him had played together for five years in dallas and he was a dear friend and and parcells Asked me about him when he became available. He goes, "What do you think about Cubby Walls?" You know, imagine like, Parcells asking. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, that was my thought too. Like, why are you asking me? I'm yeah. an idiot. Yeah. So he goes, he goes, "Is he one of us?" And I knew what Parcells meant. Parcells didn't mean is he good enough to play on this team. He meant does he will he work hard enough to win a championship? And and Everson Walls was like that. So anyway, me and Everson. Having spent five years of great friendship together in Dallas, we're all of a sudden we're in the Super Bowl and we park outside the stadium. Back then, there wasn't the security you have now. Right. This is a week before the game, and we're parking right next to the stadium and we're smoking cigars. <laughs> and I remember that being the best cigar I ever had in my life. Do you remember uh, where at it the was? Point, I have no idea. It could have been at that point. I was young in my uh, cigar thing. It could have been that was probably even Nat Sherman. Probably I I, I, I grabbed a, a box yeah, of Nat Sherman's. Nat Sherman's and. And I just remember how great that cigar was because me and a dear friend who'd suffered through five miserable years in Dallas and then were able to get to a, win a championship or get to a championship at that point, just get to a championship. And the two of us, we, we might have said in the first half hour that we're smoking the cigar, we might have had one sentence each that we said to each other because <laughs> both of us were just staring up at the stadium like, wow, this is ridiculous. Wow. Just, but that was, uh, uh, that was my... I remember that cigar being the best cigar I ever had in my life, yeah. and I realized. And you guys know, you guys, you guys are cigar guys. You know, sometimes the situation, the company, which yep. yep. uh, makes, difference. Yep. That makes a difference in the cigar. And I just remember I went back and after we won, I went back and ordered like five boxes of those cigars. <laughs> within a box and a half, I was like, ah, I need something else. I need something else. <laughs> they were great, great cigar. But that was our trip to Tampa, and my the first time I ever thought about a cigar deeply in terms of. You know, I uh, uh, this is a great cigar, and didn't realize till years later that sometimes the atmosphere, the company, the situation can lend to how much you enjoy that cigar. Not how good or bad the cigar is, but how much that yeah, situation right, yeah. lent uh, yeah. to that cigar. So yeah. that was that was uh, it's crazy that cigars have been intertwined uh, <laughs> in my uh, most of my adult life. But uh, that's I remember that very specifically. Well, it's a good memory. Good memory. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true though. Sometimes, like you're sitting on your deck, you know, you have the like it's the wind's blowing, it's a perfect day, you know. Yeah. You know, you might light up a cigar you light up fifty times a week, but for some reason, at that moment, that's the right cigar. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it really is. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. like one time I was down in a cigar bar and I was they were smoking hookahs. Yeah. And you can smell the sweet yep. of the air. Uh, and I smoked this uh, Magic Toast, and I said, wow, this cigar is really good. And then when I went home and smoked it, it wasn't the same cigar because the same atmosphere was right. not there. You right, yeah. I mean? What's that? Is that an acid? Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley. 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 That's, right. That's right. Good cigar. Yeah. The, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's, I've, I've noticed that over the years that 
Uh, there's certain times where uh, uh, where you have a cigar and it and just everything about everything about the situation and the cigar comes together to be to make that cigar even better or just the experience better you know okay. and then and then you get together with guys like yourselves that understand cigars and most everybody in this room here right. today that understand cigars and, and i just love i just listened to a half hour dissertation from uh ricky i think it was over here uh telling me all about cigars and i'm like normally i would have bagged out of this conversation after three minutes <laughs> yeah. you know what? he's a good so- guy and he likes his cigars and i found out that after a little while i learned something from yeah. him he's a good guy you know something so most of us have been smoking 20 and 30 years. When you go on our website, you listen to last week's show. We had Rocky Patel on, yep. and we got an education. Oh, yeah. Everybody oh. got an education. Yep. Just yep. incredible. It's fantastic. We did a thing at our cigar bar in, in the, at the casino in Twin River, or Bally's now. Uh, but, Give uh, it a pinch. We, uh, yeah, we, anyway, we... Uh, I, I want we want to do a dedicated cigar for Fred and Steve. Fred Smurl is my business partner and dearest friend. And, right. And, uh, my dog so, just pooped. So yeah. So I just went to. Uh, it was a good one though. Solid. Yeah. Solid. <laughs> yeah, Easy to clean up. So we uh, <laughs> clean up an aisle three. <laughs> so we ended up. Uh, uh, Goodbye, up, Santa. Bye, Santa. Santa. I was, I was, I was a good boy all year. <laughs> so we uh, uh, we called Rocky to do a cigar, and right. I. I think there were a couple of cigars of his that I really liked at the time. It was maybe the Centennial and something else. And, and I just said, give me something like that. And about four months later, he, he comes back with uh, six cigars, three uh, three different cigars, two of each. And he said, try these. And I picked one that I liked. And he goes, I knew you were going to pick that. I've already got a box waiting for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we've, sold, uh, uh, we've sold, and we only sell individual cigars at the lounge. Over the last 10 years, we've sold easily 50 70 uh, boxes a year of those and, just, and where is the cigar lounge uh it's at the twin river casino or bally's really? casino now in, in uh, rhode island we've hit wow. we, a, we opened a steakhouse yeah lincoln rhode island right outside what's it called? uh fred and steve steakhouse uh fred got top billing uh because he's older and wiser and than i am your ass. Uh, so you're gonna bring yes. the cigar hacks there uh, uh, yes not even a question not even <laughs> a, question. Do a show uh, with yes. yeah it's not a bad that idea at all but what rocky was so good with his cigar knowledge and what he brought to the table that he nailed it right away. I would have taken any of the three cigars he put in front of us, but it was nice enough that he was able to do a dedicated cigar for Fred and Steve's. Nice. uh, Yeah, Rocky's a class act. Yeah, Yeah, he's going to make us a cigar. On the show, you'll hear him. Yeah. He's a good dude. And they, they... Produce a ton of cigars. Ton of cigars. Too. Yeah. 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 So, so we haven't talked to the uh, these guys. So, well, we got to do the troops. Oh. We usually do the so, troops right out of the gate. So Go ahead, Ricky. Big shout out to our troops fighting the good fight here in this country and abroad. We honor you. We respect you. To all the soldiers that unfortunately can't come home for Christmas um, and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all the other great holidays, um, you know, just. Uh, Hang in there. We're constantly thinking about you to the first responders who are fighting the good fight, the EMTs, the uh, paramedics, the firemen, the policemen, all the nurses working the front line in the docks. Amen. Damn right. Army Brad here. My dad was a 20-year Army guy. Beautiful. The the gentleman to your right, 24 years in the Army. Thank you, Javi. You're welcome. Javi, you're the man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, my brother was yeah. an army guy too for uh, for twenty years, and wow. and uh, you know, it, I just grew up with the 
with the appreciation and the love of, of uh, any of those guys that, that do what they yep. do. It's, Nate, it's thank you for your 10 years in the Girl Scouts. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> well, Steve, weren't you a Green Beret in the Navy still? Uh, well, let's just say that I was undercover in those, <laughs> both of those. Actually, I've seen, I've actually been there in uh, uh, in San Diego Coronado. when the uh, uh, when the SEALs were having their tryouts. Yeah. I watched that stuff for about eight hours, and I'm thinking, I'm so lucky that all I have to do is go through 30 days of hitting in training camp. These guys, <laughs> it was unbelievable yeah. what they were doing. Because we used to go, when I was in Dallas, we used to go out to California to training camp for 30 days. So one day we had a day off, and, and uh, I think it was Randy White or something got invited down to see. And we were there for eight hours, of four of which these guys were doing things that were just incredible. And we all of us came back thinking, like, we got it pretty easy. I know we're doing double <laughs> sessions every day for three hours in uh, practice and hitting the hell out of like each these other. Guys. It was nothing. Yeah. It was nothing compared to what these guys do, and and uh, it just gave me a, uh, an even deeper appreciation of, of what the what the troops do now and and anything I can do. I've been over yep. to uh, been over the Middle East when I was uh, playing with the NFL uh, to to talk to the troops and whatnot. And uh, anything I can do in any situation, I've always jumped at the opportunity. Harvey, Beautiful, Harvey. What did you do in the military? I was in a transportation corps, mm-hmm. but in the military. You can be just about anything, you know. If you're, a, you might be a cook one day, and you might be an infantryman the next day. Yeah. It's all depends if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Were you a Vietnam? Yes. Yeah. So, thank you. from the, you really thank you for that. That's Agreed. real heroism. You know, we make, you know, we make folks like Diossi out to be heroes and like. True. The, you man, but at the same time, like, I, I'm with you. I, right? I agree. Right? I agree. Right? What we do I mean, is play a game. Uh, play a game. These guys, these guys defend the country, and, and so, we, so to, you can play I used the game. To take oh, the uh, the beer and the bullets. Yeah. On my yeah. five-ton flatbed trailer out to the base camps. And how happy were they to see you? Oh, they were very happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. My yep. Uh, my brother-in-law retired as a lieutenant colonel in the Marines, and he was over in any number of. Uh, things in the Middle East and even Somalia and all that stuff. And and uh, we ended up putting together a, a stash of a thousand cigars with two cigars in each uh, little uh, Ziploc packet, whatever. Sent them to him. He said he's never been, because he, he was in logistics, so we had to, he was supplying the front lines. He said he would load up a, a side bag with 20 or 30 of those bags of two or, or 30, whatever, and then hand them out to the guys. He said every time he went out with cigars, to those guys, they got he got mobbed. Guys were like, "Let's have a cigar." <laughs> yeah, and, because they want to yeah. taste a home. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's exactly what he said. Yeah, he goes, yeah. A little, Harvey, was a that, little normalcy. Yeah, right? a little, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Harvey, was that that way in Vietnam, or did you guys like? Well, heroin? not necessarily uh, the, log- the the logistics part of it. You know, all these pallets of beer and all these pallets of bullets were assigned to different units. Were in that base camp, and they would have representatives there. And they would have a, uh, a manifest or a list of how many cases of uh, how many pallets of beer they were going to get, how many uh, you know boxes of ammunition, whether it be uh, M16 or, or the, uh, M60 machine gun, and they were there, and they uh, they had their dicks and a half truck there, and they loaded them on there, and uh, now I mean the guy you know they were you know the guys weren't surrounding the trucks or anything like that, but. Uh, most of the beer was packed in dry ice, and you really didn't know what was in there. Uh, the most of the thing I hated was all the higher ups that would get the good beer, 
Just send, send the bad beer out to the front lines. That's terrible. Yeah, it's good and bad. Yeah, yeah. Send, about, send the old Valentine and the Pazzerillo and, and keep the Heineken and the Slits and the <laughs> Fall Stout, you know? What I want to ask you, Harvey, is how is the pot? I mean, how is the pot over there? Because... You see all the guys, like the, like the documentaries, they're smoking some good pot. The truth. Big fat ones, too. Yeah, big fat yeah. ones. And a little bit of, you know. Well, I got my cigars. My uh, my mom and dad sent me cigars over there, but I would get the uh, the handmaids, you know, the, the uh, Swiss or sweets and yep. all that stuff like that. The other guys probably uh, came from a town where they had a, a cigar store there. When you're driving a long hauler, on the Ho Chi Minh Trail, yep. praying to God you get from point A to point yeah. B. Yep. I don't think you they were smoking pot. No, <laughs> uh, not in that situation. Yeah. Um, so. But Harvey, thank you for everything. Yeah, thank you very much. Seriously, thank you guys for saluting the troops like you always do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay, we got yeah. one mailbag today. Okay. National Dave wrote in. Well, what do you have to thank say? You. Dave, right. the dentist in the house. All right. Hello, fellow hacks. I really enjoyed the Rocky show Monday and wanted to let you know Smoky Cigar in Hendersonville, Tennessee, is having a Rocky event on Thursday. That would be this past Thursday. Okay. So Actually, it's today when we're recording, but... They uh, advertised the Rocky Edge, and I didn't think it would be available that quick, but I'm going to try it. It's going to try to get it. there after work it. before it's over. I would like to meet Rocky someday, since he and I had a little bit in common, being from Wisconsin. And Dave's originally from yep. Wisconsin, too. Yep. Uh, being a Packers fan and all. Hey, we'll tie a football tie-in. There we go. <laughs> all right. That's right. And, you ever uh, kick the ass off the... Uh, yep. Yeah. And, and all. maybe uh, that can happen sometime. I also noticed Ricky forgot to thank the troops on that episode, and I've listened to every show since the beginning, and I think that was the one time that we didn't do the troops. You that was a special. Yeah. That was me. You it was a special. It was a special well, thing. I, 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 am, <laughs> I am the co-producer of this show, but I was trumped by the producer because, just really quick, yeah. we had done a show. This was very impromptu. Rocky sat with us at 11.30 at night. It was decided we were going to do a show. We didn't walk out of there until 3.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was a a brief version. It was a long night. It was a long night. It was a long night. So you know what? So it goes on. I I know that was a big show and a lot of information was broadcast. I hope to make it to the event last night as as you read this. And we'll let you know how it went next week. Yeah, I know. I'm really confused now, too. Smoke him if you got him. National Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. 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 P.S. P.S. I've actually been... Looking forward to Hackapalooza 5.0. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a prediction right now. The Aussie's going to be the biggest show you have. That's that's a stretch. Woo. Right? I've got I've got I've got <laughs> a big I've got a big family. I'm going to tell them all about it. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I, that's, I, that's, I, yeah. but the, I always stick. You know, so I've been Hackapalooza is coming up the first week of February. And, uh, February second to the fifth. You guys are like coming. lately. You guys are getting like total rock stars. Yeah, with like me. Yeah, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> Last time we were here, <laughs> we're moving up. Yeah. I've, I've actually been to Hendersonville, Tennessee. I am. I went yeah. through there on my motorcycle one time, and uh, I, I thought we stopped at a cigar store. It might have been a cigar lounge. I'm not sure, but yeah, and that's how it, when it. When you said Hendersonville, you said Hendersonville, I'm like, I know. My daughter lives in Nashville, too, so. Uh uh, But I've I've definitely been through there on the motorcycle. Not even a question, so. 
and fellow uh, motorcycle rider. Uh, yep. Oh yeah. So we always so, when we uh, when we have uh, when we go on these cigar rides, uh, I always I'm for, I love setting the route. I love finding great back roads. We do very little highway. And, so you and I always you're No, no, because those guys <laughs> those guys first off the guys I ride with are a bunch of dummies who can't read a map. Steve? Uh, the other thing is. That they know I'm going to set us up for a place that we when we stop at night where we can have a nice cigar and relax. Ah, nice. Do that. Steve, real important. What are you driving? Uh, the uh, my motorcycle. No, is that when you? So you're on the road with on your bikes uh, all the time. So yeah. let me tell you what the hacks driving. Yep. We have two stretch limousines. Nice. That are private humidors with a bottle of Basil Hayden, bottle of Oban, and two humidors. Yeah. How do you beat that? Yeah. 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 How do you beat yeah. that? How do you beat that? How do you beat that? Rolls Royce Cullen. Oh, right, that was my old car. Sixty thousand dollar boxes of cigars. All right, <laughs> <laughs> and they were all for drones. We all know that. <laughs> you're, you're confusing me with someone uh, that's a lot more influential than I am. So that's awesome. That's called the Oscuro. Yep. So that's the, on, on. That's the darker we a, one. We have a guy named yeah. Mark, right? Yeah. yeah. Haven't heard a peep from him. the long hauler. The long hauler. I'm just listening to you guys. Yeah, but, yeah, but you might as well. But what do you do? Um, I drive a car hauler. I deliver nice. all the new cars, all the dealers around here. I deliver yeah. all the cars to them. And uh, like you're over the road, like is it um, around here? Or? Probably ninety percent is the dealers you'd see around New Hampshire, Mass, me. Yeah. And then when I want to go over the road, see the country, I do that. So, so, you have so, so my new Acura came with a little dent when it was delivered. Yep, I, blame can, I, can I talk to you about that? Um, well, y- yes and no. I do. I do deliver Acuras. I don't right. deliver Acuras to this immediate area. Right. I do Acuras he down to Connecticut. Well, yeah, I bought it. Yeah, he got out of that one pretty good. I probably know the guy who hauled your Acura. Right. I know the. I know most of them. Uh. We'll but expect some. A lot of times when we get to the rail yard where the Acuras or any cars are or the yeah. port, they're already dented. Yeah. Nice out. <laughs> <laughs> nice out, so nice Mark. Well played, sir. So, well Mark, what, what brings you, you know, uh, you're obviously here. You're, you're a hack. Uh, just yeah. a love Hall, of cigars. And, and Hall is a regular in Plasto. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, Matt's okay. a good friend of mine. Matty um, is a wonderful oh, guy. Oh, yeah, great wonderful. guy. But yeah. one of the benefits of my job when I want to travel is I plan my days off around a cigar lounge somewhere mm-hmm. in the country. Absolutely. Yep. So See, now that I basically get to the, bring uh, cars around the country and go we, to cigar lounge. We, you know what that, that is, too? The, the, the thing about that is that, and I've learned this from driving cross-country on the bike all the time, is that I don't care if you're in New York or California or Arizona or Tennessee, you find a cigar lounge and you're going to have some conversation. You're sure. going to enjoy yeah. meeting people. A lot of in common stuff. It, it's, yeah. it, you know, I equate it. The, the two most charitable groups that, that I get involved with are cigar smokers and motorcycle guys. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, they, constantly but, doing but what's, what's interesting is motorcycle guys most buy flavored cigars. No. no yes, don't, they don't, do. Yes, yep. they do. Oh, really? yeah. they buy, we have seen... That's yes. only the Hells Angels. No, no we've, no, we've no. seen <laughs> HAs, we've seen the Widow Sons, we've seen lots of motorcycle groups, mm-hmm. and they buy... Flavored cigars. Okay, because so, they're, they're emptying them and putting weed in them. Yeah, you know what's a good thing? No, they're not. I can't nail I wonder now, why that is. Why do you yeah. think that is? No. You're dealing right now with the authority on retail cigars. That's me. Yeah. Oh, yes. All right. The, literally. Mm-hmm. The biggest, baddest dudes roll up on their Harleys and right. their leathers and their patches and their this and their that and their boots. 
they walk in and with their snarls and their beards and their this and that, they go, Where's your assets? Yeah. yeah. Cuba, Cuba, Blondie, yeah. Bellicles. They do. I actually, asked, not, I actually asked the biker, Why? Why do you? I said, There's two types of cigar smokers. There are those that smoke the flavored, but most cigar stores are like, The flavors are over there, right. but these are all our cigars. Right. And one guy said to me, because we have them in our mouth, we don't have a lot of time to take them out of our mouth, and they taste good. Right. Yeah, I can imagine that. sweet. But the messed up part is, is is that these guys walk in, you think they'd be chewing like the right heaviest, you know, <laughs> the strongest, the, uh, you know, they're, yeah. they're there. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. Naz. Yeah. Uh, well, I learned that down at the uh, cigar lounge at the casino. Uh, at first, I didn't put a single flavored cigar in there, and then... I had so many requests for, uh, first off, the acid, which right. sell phenomenally, and then some of the uh, CAO, like the right, Irene's right, Dream, right, right. Right. and I'm like, I, don't, and it's, I do notice that it's a younger demographic that smokes but those, still. but as long as they buy them, I don't care yeah. how old well, you are. The other thing, too, is on the motorcycle, yeah. if you want to take that with you, oh, those, those, nice. those, those flavored ones are a little bit weaker. Right. And it's easier to smoke while you're driving instead right. of getting right. that sickening feeling with the smoke going in your face. Right. It's a little easier. I got my That's own. That's why you get a higher yeah. windscreen. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you guys both ride. Yeah, I, but every cigar smokes. Yeah. But these guys want these petite little right. sweet things they can you know, sit out and play tough with. It's like, <laughs> no, you know. You, yeah, me, I, 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 have to, you. I have to tell you, we were in a cloud lounge. We were in a store, and a man bought the leaf. He was one of the bikers, yeah. and he proceeded. Wait, the Oscar, the yeah. Oscar. He proceeded to take the cigar and light yeah, the whole I've seen thing, that. and I was dying. <laughs> Big flame. I walked over to him and I said, "Excuse me, sir, can you I have to... that?" And I took the cigar, I put it out, yeah. and I took the leaf off, and I went, "This is the cigar." Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy about it that. Crazy, but yeah. like, like these guys should. Like you think they come in and look for like an LFD, you know, Oro Tubo Double digger or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. I know. When I ride, we ride our bikes down to Florida all the time. When I go back down there, we ride. We have our own little cigar clip on the yeah. on the bike. The only thing is, you know, I got the big windshield and everything. Yeah. But you still, when you're trying to grab it, the wind's blowing, yeah. and it, you know, it's, yeah. it, you know, it comes unwrapped and stuff. But I don't care. We still yeah. get it. Clip it on there and go ride. You know, I, even, I even put a I even put a uh, uh, <laughs> custom. Uh, windscreen on that has a little recurve on top because it, it should, instead of the wind catching street. me here, it would go right over the head. Yeah, yeah. And I actually, that's how sorry I am about cigars. <laughs> I actually did research on my favorite uh, motorcycle cigar. I'm like, you know, this only used to last about 50 minutes, but with that windscreen, it lasts right. about it lasts. 65 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I just made $3 on that transaction. <laughs> I'm like, Eat cigars, yes, pay yeah. for the south. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I, had to smoke about, I had to smoke about 400 cigars oh, yeah. to make up for the, for the price of the, the thing, but yeah, it, it's, it's just amazing. We, so, we, I smoke, not, I'm on the bike nine times out of ten. If you see me on the bike, I have a cigar with me. Yep. I just, yep. just, so likewise, so yeah. what about post-NFL, Steve? You know, you got you know, you you said to me. Actually, we've had many conversations. Huh? You said to me, retirement is bullshit. It's when you start getting called. Well, that's the thing. Everybody, everybody that's done that finishes their career in the NFL. Uh, we all, we all said. I even said it for a long time after I finished. We all talk about how we retired. After I retired after 12 years, no. After 12 years, I ran out of teams that asked me to play. Uh, that's that's what happened. Nobody 
nobody and we talk about Tom Brady who hasn't retired in 24 years whatever it is uh, it's if a team asks you to play it's hard to give that up it's hard to it's hard to sit there and say you mean I get to play some more football and it, it's less about the money than it is about the chance to play football something you geared your the biggest part of your life to and, and guys uh, we, we always feel good about saying that we retired but nine times out of ten the scenario is that nobody wanted you to play for him and, right. so when, and I get when, it when when you retired was that hard on you I retired twice I retired after ten years in the league uh, five with the uh, Cowboys four and a half with the Giants Got cut halfway through the season. The next day, the Jets picked me up. Eight weeks there Ooh. made me think that I want to stop playing football ever again in my Why? life because I hated the Jets. Yes. Right. <laughs> and they were a miserable organization, and the guys cared nothing about winning. I came from I came from a, a group in, in New York that all that mattered was winning. Winning, winning, winning. Whatever you had to do, it didn't matter. And I go to the Jets, and it was like, Hey, how much do you get for an appearance? Or, you know, you, what do you mean you guys stay in the locker room? Uh, you, you stay there watching film till seven or eight o'clock at night. You, you're out, aren't you out at four thirty like the rest of us? Yeah, the union rules say you're out at four thirty. Good teams that I've been on. What we used to do is we used to send a back. This was back before uh, uh, DoorDash and Uber Eats or whatever. And we used to send a rookie out for five hundred chicken wings. <laughs> and we'd sit down and we'd watch more film till seven thirty, eight o'clock at night, and and coaches couldn't be there, so it was just the players. That's and I never saw that anywhere except New York. And then that's what Parcells did when he took over the Patriots. He brought in about seven of us that played for the Giants, and he said, "Listen, I want you guys to do the same thing that we always did." And we knew exactly what he was talking about. These guys weren't these guys weren't in that mode. They were there at nine o'clock, and then they left at four thirty, and that was that. Uh, uh, good teams show up at six thirty, quarter seven, seven o'clock, and they do everything they can do till nine o'clock to get better. And then after practice is over, yeah, it's it's not it's not a, a rush to the parking lot to get the hell out of there. It's it, good teams are teams that stay longer on their own. Right. Um, coaches can't tell you to do it. Officially, they can't tell you to do it. That's why Parcells asked us. He said, "You got to show these guys." The other thing he told us was. Usually, if you go to another team, you, you don't want to wear your Super Bowl ring around. He goes, every once in a while, wear your rings. Remind these guys what, 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 what's happened. And, and then when they see you, and then we're in the, we're, so the, when he first told us that, we're in a, uh, back in the old, remember the old Schaefer Stadium, right. like piece of whatever it was. Uh, the <laughs> You'd walk by the meeting rooms before you got in the locker room. So Parcel said, go into this meeting room and watch film. There were seven of us. A kicker, two offensive linemen, a defensive lineman, a defensive back, a linebacker, and a backup quarterback. There's no film that the NFL has that those seven guys can watch that's pertinent to what they, they do. But he said, I want you in there watching film. I don't care if you're watching reruns of, of I Love Lucy. Watch <laughs> film. Let these guys see you every single time. Within about three weeks, we had guys that never, ever showed up at 7 a.m. We had guys coming in because they saw that, okay, all these guys have won a Super Bowl. They know they know what it takes. They have an idea what it takes. Yeah. Maybe, we'll, drive, yeah. maybe we'll get some of that. And within, uh, within a, uh, three weeks, we had half the team in there. Within six weeks, we had the entire team doing it and breaking out into things. And that's something that's, that's different from what I saw in Dallas, uh, 180 degrees from what I saw in the, in, with the Jets. Uh, and it was good to be back in an atmosphere 
where what mattered was winning football. Win, yes. Did you ever have a uh, teammate that you really, really hated? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I had you a bunch of, of yeah. I had, in Dallas, the, the problem I had in Dallas was it was an incredibly racially divided locker room. And growing up in the housing projects of Boston and, and uh, every, uh, you know, shady neighborhood I could, we could live in until my dad bought a house when I was 14 or 15, it was it was never a racial scenario. It was just, okay, are you, do you want to get out in the park and play ball? Do you want right. to play basketball, baseball, whatever it was never. I never understood. And I get to Dallas. It was racially divided, and then Why I get was it? because I don't know. Maybe guys in Texas thought they had to be the. Maybe the white guys had to had to be rednecks. Maybe the black guys had to be activists. I, I don't know what it was. So but they it was weren't pro. Racially divided, and so, then I go to then I get to the Giants, and Carl Banks and Pepper Johnson, two linebackers that I played with for four or five years, they. Pulled me aside. I knew both of them because we all came out in the same year. Yeah, Pepper came out a year Johnson's later. A great. Pepper was a great guy. But they they pulled me aside. He goes, hey, things. this isn't Dallas. This, this is not what Dallas is. And I'd already resigned my, myself after two years in Dallas. Like, this sucks. I'm going to make as much money as I can and do whatever I can to take care of my family. This is miserable. Going to work was miserable. Mm-hmm. And, and then I get to the Giants, and all of a sudden, it didn't matter. And that's what Pepper and Carl told me. They said, it doesn't matter. He goes, there are two sides here. The, there's the side that if you want to do, if you do whatever you can to help win a game, you're, you're on the right is. side. If you're not doing it, then you're not one of them. Something you were saying about watching film, this is sort of like the hacks. We started with three. Yeah. And we're right. up to how many? I don't know, 20. Don't about know. 20 hacks. Right. What do you think of this account? Mr. Bo Jimbles is a hack. I Love have it. a shirt. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you right. do have a shirt. He's got a hack yeah. shirt. Yeah. I'm a what, hack. What, uh, what do you think nice. of this? I like it. So, Dave, he'll <laughs> tell me that I know this, but I didn't. It's oh, okay. This is Nicaragua. Yeah. Yeah. This is Mexican Mexican San Andreas rapper. Right. All right. This is probably, and I don't know for sure, but I would say Honduran binder, and I would say this is West Tampa, and I would say Rick Rodriguez made this cigar. Okay, yeah. so this is a Nicaragua. Rapper is Ecuador Habano. Binder is Nicaragua. Oma Tempting. Filler is Nicaragua Condega and Esteli. And uh, by the way, it's the Dorado and Estelia right next door. So, yeah, no, that area. Now, so we got to do uh, current events. Uh, wait, wait, so, one more question. Yep. One more question, Steve. One more thing. One more. Thing. How did you actually become a long snapper? Because nobody in high school could do it. Uh, I had, we only had like twenty six guys on our team. Yeah, but you went into the pros with that because in, in when I got to college. Nobody could do it as well as I could either, and I did it even though my first snap freshman year against Pittsburgh, Dan Marino's Pittsburgh, I threw it, it landed maybe 30 yards past the punter. I threw it so hard and so, so fast. So let me ask you, uh, you're six foot two, roughly. Yep. Six two and seven eighths. Okay, <laughs> okay, seven eighths. Get the reason right. I say that is because okay. in the combine they weigh you and measure you. And right. I was a big, big linebacker at two fifty, and I wanted six three because six three two fifty. Sounds like you might be an athlete. 6'2", and it didn't matter if it was 6'2", and 15 16 They would have said 6'2". 
6250 sounds like a fire plug. Right. It doesn't sound like fire hydrant. And sound- today, the football yeah, play is the linebacker is a six foot five, 400 200, pounds, 250, 255 pounds. My son, when he went in, he came out of the Ivy Leagues. He was 6'5", 256 pounds. Wow. And ran a four five eight forty at the combine. Yeah, that's huge. Wow, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. For that I, big? I, I did four eight one, and I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. He just... Twenty years later, he's doing a four, uh, a four five eight at two hundred fifty six pounds. Wow! Like you gotta be kidding me. That's these guys are stronger, faster, more athletic, and I wouldn't have found a place in this day in this right. day and age. I wouldn't have found yeah. a place. I wasn't that kind no, of athlete. You're a loser. But I am. But what I do know is there's also guys, there's also guys that are playing now that wouldn't have. Handled the physical hitting yeah. that was going on back then. I, yeah, I met a man named Vince, yep. largest human being I think I've well, ever met. Good man too. Good man. Vince is more stuff. Uh, no, what's uh, weird is that yeah. back when you were playing, guys got hit. Yeah. That's what you did. Yeah, I you get know? it. And they're smarter now. They're they're smarter about it in the NFL. They it's they they had a perfect confluence of the it was a concussion issue at the time and and player injuries. <laughs> And they said, uh, and they wanted to make it safer for everybody. Mm-hmm. What they were doing was what any good multi-billion-dollar corporation does is they do asset protection. So you got a you got a forty-million-dollar quarterback. Uh, do you want a half-million-dollar defensive end taking out the, the the face of the franchise? Right. You don't want that. No. So they had a per and the casual fan loves points and big plays and all that stuff. So they had a perfect opportunity to increase all of that, increase yeah. all the big plays, oh, yeah. all the. And, and they called the player safety. In reality, it was asset protection, and it was also making the product more palatable to the casual fan. Yeah. You know, like, like they think next week is Jacksonville versus the Jets. Who cares on a Thursday night? I'll probably watch that game because I'm an NFL fan. Right. Those teams aren't that well. The Jets are okay this year, but I look at it, I'm like, the NFL is brilliant. They, by allowing all the big plays that they allow and, and all the scoring that goes on now, they've made a product that's more palatable to the casual fan. Smart. NFL oh, yeah. doesn't miss a beat. That's a business. Yeah, I get it. It's a business. Yeah. You didn't think of it when you are playing, but, but yeah. business is You're business. only a number. Yeah. You're only a number. Yeah. Okay, right. so we do... Hey, another, hey. another country heard from. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we do current events. So any lounge that we've done a review on mm-hmm. is one that we look for current events at their shop. And so we add them to the list here. And so we have 14, and Harvey reads the current events for us. So you ready to rock and roll there, Harvey? Yeah, well, good. Try. Okay, folks, here we go. Plasto Cigar, Plasto New Hampshire, Rocky. New Year's Eve on December 31st, 12 p.m. to close. Then we'll go Two Guys Smoke Shop, Salem, Nashua, and Seabrook, New Hampshire. The Meatball 2023 is on Thursday, January the 26th, 6 p.m. That's $59.99. Uh, prepaid Oliver from United Cigars goes for the three P. Okay, then we go Twins Legendary New Hampshire. Every day is seven twenty four. Get the seven dollar twenty four cent drink special. Then we go Original Cigar and Bar North Conway New Hampshire. As always, buy five cigars, get one free, plus ten percent off for military and first responders. Catch some football on the big screens. 
We go cigar shenanigans with Conway, New York, Conway and Lincoln, New Hampshire. Littleton, Littleton. Littleton, okay. Littleton Lincoln is where the... Okay, Littleton, New Hampshire. <laughs> Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> New Hampshire, save the date, DTNT ice fishing extravaganza with Steve Saka, Saturday, March the 11th at noon, $125 per person. Uh, reservations required. Then we go Eli Smoking Lounge, Nashua, New Hampshire. Ladies' night is back. Thursdays at 6 p.m. And that's $3 drink specials. Then we go Tobacco Shack Rowdy Mass. Football is back at the Shack. Open for all Patriots games. And then we go Michael Cigar Bar Worcester Mass. Buy music Wednesday, Fridays, and Saturdays. Video games Sunday. And movie Mondays at 3 p.m. Taco Tuesday every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Buffet style, all you can eat with purchase of any drink or cigar. Free pizza at kickoff on all Patriots games from Jason's Pizza with purchase of any drink or cigar. Here we go Boulevard Grill and Cigar Lounge, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Comedy night Saturday, January the 21st, 6 p.m. That's $40 per person. Includes before comedian show and choice of individual size pizza. Here we go Smokers Abbey, Nashville, Tennessee. Poker every Wednesday at 7 p.m. in the East Nashville location. Here we go in Fuego, Rockwall, Texas. Cigars and coffee every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Here we go Matt Cigar Bar slash Riverside Cigars, Jeffersonville, Indiana. Every Thursday night. Come and sip and smoke with DJ Stacy Broadway for some Neo Soul and R&B from 9 to midnight. DJ Joyce Sundays at 9 p.m. Okay, the Cigar Quarters, Haines City, Florida. Sunday pass every Sunday, 1 to 10 p.m. for football action. Ladies night every Friday, 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. R&B Saturday, 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. New Year's Eve party. Saturday, December the 31st, 9 p.m. to 2 a.m., and that's $10 per person. And last but not least, we got Cigar Life, Lakeland, Florida, E.P. Carrillo promo all month. Win a E.P. Carrillo golf bag, 6th anniversary VIP dinner cruise from Tampa with Nick and Janine Perdomo on Saturday, January the 14th, 8.30 to 11 p.m. on the yacht Starship. That's $160 per person. Tickets now on sale. Only a few tickets left remain. Uh, Cigar Life 6th Anniversary Party, Saturday, January 21st, 12 to 4 p.m. That's $135 per person. Includes 20 cigars, ribeye, or chicken lunch, cash bar, live music, special guests, Bobby Newman of J.C. Newman Cigars, Nicholas Perdomo of Perdomo Cigars, Matt Booth of Room 101 Cigars, and Norm Hooten of Hooten Young Cigars, and maybe more. And that's it for the current folks. I'll be down at Cigar Life tomorrow night, so I know it's going to be off the show, but they got the annual Christmas party tomorrow, so I'm going to try to call in tomorrow, and uh, maybe I can get Mario and Patty, the owners here, or at least Mario, and maybe do a quick call in. To what? Uh, The Cigar Life tomorrow. Oh, yeah, oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. We're doing the show right now. Week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's going to be the following week. But, well, I'll be down in Florida tomorrow. So, uh, so nice. I'll be the following week. Uh, following. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So, all these places, one of the hacks has been to every one of these places. Including Coronado. Love it. 
Proud Cigar. Stop, Proud City. Stop yeah. trying to yep. impress Diossi. I'm impressed. It's we don't have to. I've, we don't have to impress I've, anybody. I've known at least. I've been to at least uh, three or four of those places that you've talked about. Yeah. And just one of those things, like I said earlier, I love going across the country, finding a cigar lounge. I'm always going to meet somebody that that's fun to talk to and enjoy the night. And, and it's it, without with without exception. I don't think I've been to a cigar lounge where I didn't just enjoy the evening having a cigar mm. and meeting yeah. and talking to people. So the best you post, part you, you is, post the on. rides on the, on the uh, when you go riding for cigars. You no, post them no, I don't want anybody knowing what I'm doing when I'm doing <laughs> exactly. it. I'm on, I'm on social media. I'm not on Facebook. I'm on Twitter by accident. Uh, uh, my producer, I said I wasn't on Twitter. My producer over the EI comes in a minute later goes here's your name on twitter at steve diossi uh here's your password i'm like i don't care i don't want that he goes i know but the minute you said you weren't on it somebody was going to grab your name and try to sell it back to you i'm like oh, i don't oh, care yeah, that's true. and then no. within, within like two days just because it was ei had like four or five thousand followers and i don't do anything i'll do nothing <laughs> on twitter the last thing i tweeted out on twitter was my girlfriend bought us tickets to the original cast of hamilton in new york oh and i said this is this was awesome Second only to Les Miserables. Yeah. And people just hammered the shit out of me. Just just like, how can you say that? This is way better. I'm like, I don't uh, know. I'm big sorry. Bucks. Big I bucks ap- for Hamilton. I apologize. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know what I said. Yeah, honestly, in defense of Steve, right, who's, you know, basically a um, well, you know, a top shelf asshole. Yeah. yeah. Thank Make you. Sure you top Thank you. Yeah. Um, this is a guy who spent his career in the NFL who's sitting around with dudes like us and just chilling. And well, you know, when, you know when what? Most of the guys in the NFL you'll find are guys that, that enjoy just hanging out with decent people, having a good time, and not worrying about one way or one thing or the other. Most of the guys, there's some guys that are prima donnas, of course. There's plenty of LT. LT was the best teammate in the history of the NFL. He was. Not just one of the greatest players ever. He was a great teammate who do whatever he could to I help, heard help LT his. had a huge dick. Uh, I never noticed. Never noticed. <laughs> he had over a thousand shot. women, right? Never, yeah. never noticed. I, never, I, you know, never noticed. He showered with the yeah, guy? Yeah, never, yeah, never, yeah. never noticed the baby arm he was uh, yeah. packing. Uh, but, but, thank you. Thanks for the info. Well, that, that, from, that's from, uh, from what I hear. I'm just saying. LT, from what I hear. LT's a legend. Dude, I so, would, listen, I'd make sure I got in the shower after Lawrence. I had, <laughs> you weren't uh, bending down for no soap, not, right? Listen, I, 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 got, I got plenty of Irish German in me. I'm not competing <laughs> at any level. All right? Stop it. You so know. when you get up in the morning, you put your pants on one leg at a time? Uh, one leg at a time, then yeah. it takes a major adjustment to bring it up from the knee. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, just like so the rest of us. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have to wear baggy jeans just because, you know. Yeah. Or maybe you don't know. But, you, you know, it's just But the question things. is, though, LT went on to become literally a legend. The great, I think the greatest linebacker ever. Yeah. Uh, so and you had a relationship with him, and still do to this day. Yeah, he's. I, yeah. I see him in Florida, and we play golf when we can, and, and talk to him when I can, and uh, and he's. Just, Is he the type of guy that would sit here and do this? He would. He absolutely would. It wouldn't even be a question. He's. He likes his cigars, not as much as I do, but he likes his cigars, and he's a. Uh, and uh, you'd have, we'd have to talk a little more golf because he loves. He's the only guy I know that loves golf. I, w- I was at a cigar store in uh, Florida, and Ray Lewis walked in. Yep, and, another guy uh, who likes and, cigars. Uh, Ray did. Yeah, Ray yeah. walked in, and my brother goes, "That's Ray Lewis." And I went, "Who's Ray Lewis?" <laughs> and he goes, "Because that's because you're but, Jewish." No, it wasn't. Had nothing to do with being Jewish. What I will tell you is, is he had the most gorgeous car I think I've ever seen. 
And it was unbelievable. I wouldn't doubt it. And just had a blast. Is that the car that he had a blast. I I heard about that. That's later. terrible that I said that. <laughs> yeah. no, I take that back. We will. We'll take yeah, it out. Uh, that's we terrible. edit the show. Yeah, so I think uh, Ray Lewis grew up in Florida. I think he uh, yeah. went to high school in Lakeland, Florida. Lakeland high school. Miami. Yeah. Were you at BC the same time as Doug Flutie? Yeah, he was a year behind me. He came in my sophomore year. And uh, I remember the first game he got in was we were getting our ass kicked by Penn State. I think it was during one of their national championships or close to it. And our first string quarterback got knocked out at the end of the first half. And the second string quarterback that was all set to go in. And Big Nell, we were getting, we were beating, getting crushed like 26 to 3 or 5, whatever it was. And uh, so the coach didn't want to sacrifice because our, our, we knew our first string quarterback was out for the year. He didn't want to sacrifice the second string quarterback, so he threw Flutie in there, and Flutie lit it up. We ended up losing the game by three points. Wow! And that wow. was that was when when uh, Flutie first got his foot in the door and never looked back. So yeah. that was yeah. where the uh, legacy <laughs> began. Yeah, it was. That's when yeah, he looked yeah. at the second yeah. string quarterback and said, "You're now the fourth string yeah. quarterback." Yeah, and and, uh, <laughs> and 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 the second string was a pretty good quarterback, but. Uh, Doug just had something going on there. Yeah, that uh, what happens when somebody gets hurt? Yeah, he was you know? a little Doug's fella, a little yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, he was. But you know what? He was a great athlete. Yeah. Uh, not just football. He's a very good basketball player. Just a all around solid athlete. But he also had that scenario where he was in a position where he didn't give a because whatever he did, he was a third string quarterback. Whatever I do doesn't matter because nobody expects me to do anything. Right. And he kept the chip on his shoulder the whole time. He had that little guy chip on his shoulder. Where uh, and he was just a competitor, uh, like you'd never seen. He he competes in mini golf. You play mini golf with him, he'll compete and talk trash. He's just he's just that kind of guy. And he was a great great quarterback. And and that that game in Miami, I hear about that. That was I was already a rookie in Dallas at the time. And they you know to ask me about that. Oh, you were that Miami game? I'm like. No, because Miami never would have scored that many points if I was there. <laughs> yeah, well, but, but nonetheless, he was a guy that met the moment so many times. And the he, kick, yeah, you the look kick. at you look at oh the drop the kick. I drop taught him kick. how to do the drop kick. I taught you him how to did? do that. Yeah, in college, I taught him how to drop kick. But he was a guy that played. Uh, if you look at his straight up numbers, his completion percentage. His completion percentage is not near what these guys are doing nowadays. Average quarterbacks are throwing 65% completion uh, nowadays. Doug wasn't that guy. No, Nobody in the NFL was there. Boomer Sison won the uh, MVP of the league throwing 57% completion passes. Yeah, that, does, that does nothing now. It does nothing for you now. Uh, the, the game's changed, but Doug would have found a way to adapt to that. He was that kind of athlete and that kind of player. So and, uh, why isn't he a Hall of Famer? Uh, for what? Football? Yeah. Doesn't deserve it. College Hall of Famer, yes. Football, NFL doesn't yeah, doesn't no. deserve it. Okay, I met, I met him a few let, times when I was a child. He went to the same. My family's from Natick. Yeah, from Natick. Uh, went to the same church. So I met, yeah. always seemed like a nice guy. Very nice. Yeah, guy. Right. Time to do the Let, rating. Let's rate the cigar. So what we do is we have a rating from a one to a ten. Okay. Ten being absolutely outstanding, one being not so. You just kind of throw it off the boat in the water, for yep. which there's only one cigar I ever did that, and so forth. Okay. So we'll start with the hauler. Are we going to name it what it is, or it's uh, it's, the, it's the West Tampa it's West Tampa, it's West Tampa Black? Oh wait, is what it really wait, is. Yeah. wait, wait! I deserve yeah. to be called out. Yeah. Okay. Jim got it, Mister Bo Jimbles, yeah. right off the bat. Jim got it. Um, great cigar. I've had it many times. Right after the trade show, I bought a bunch of them. I like actually like the white better, even though I'm a stronger type of cigar guy. But I do enjoy this. I'm going to give it an eight point eight. Eight point eight. Very good, Chuck. 
Now, in between cleaning up my dog and uh, trying to take a sip of bourbon, I enjoyed the cigar. I noticed a little bit of spiciness. Not very strong spiciness, but an under note of coffee, kind of. Um, I don't know. I would call this like a mild, not a mild, but a medium maybe cigar. I would rate it 7.5. Okay. Harvey. I like the cigar too. Well constructed. Nice draw. I'm going to give it uh, 8.75. Nice. Okay. Steve. My rating system is usually, will I smoke it again? I'll absolutely smoke this again. Good. Uh, not, not an issue at all. At first, it felt, it tasted a little a little ashy uh, at first, and then that disappeared rather quickly. And I'm another guy that smokes a cigar down to a nub, and this has held up very well the entire that's way. Nub. Yeah, that's enough. I'm not even done. I got yeah. another I got another 10 minutes on yep. this before yeah. it becomes uh, I don't know why. I think it's just my upbringing. I can't waste a uh, can't waste a thing, but yeah, I would easily give this uh, an eight and a half. Mm. Jimbo. Okay. I like Rick Rodriguez. I like him. He actually um, blended the Amazon basin. He's a great guy. Oh, and, you, and you know that's a guy. Classic. I know it well. Yes, right, you Rick? Do. Yeah. You do. And uh, by the way, Rick, yeah. you could do it better. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this is a beautiful, for me, this is a beautiful Nicaraguan. Yep. Um, Mexican San Andreas wrapper, which gives it an earthiness and a um, beauty, right? Am yep. I right? Yep. Yeah. No, no. The wrapper is uh, Ecuador Habano. Yeah. Same thing. Okay. It's close. So what would you give it? I would give this thing probably a nine. Okay. Oh, nice. Well, what do you got there, Hunter? Oh, I think this guy was well constructed. Again, like Steve, you know, I think it started off a little ashy at the beginning and a little little peppery taste, but then it kicked right out. Um, And then you got a nice smooth flavor the whole way through. And I smoked it right to the stub as well. And uh, it's something I'd smoke again. Um, and I'm a, I'm a full-bodied cigar smoker, but I'm going to give it a um, 8.75 myself. Beautiful. Me? 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 Yep. Me? Go me? Go ahead. Me? 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 I, too, like the white better. I'm going to give this a 8.5. Good right. smoke. Yep. Good smoke. Very good. Very you good. like the white better? I do. I do. Right. I do. I like, uh, I yep. like mild to medium Rachel, cigars. Yeah, I like smoke. To each his own. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you say there, Dave? Okay, so this did start off a little uh, punch at the beginning, and I thought it was going to be strong, but it, it's not. As you get into it, it, it smooths out nicely. Yeah. Smokes yeah. great. Agreed. I mean, nobody's, uh, I haven't seen too many relights go on here. The no. door is good. And the burn, look at that. It's nice and even. Right yeah. Now. yeah it's All the way through. All the way this through. This is a good, good cigar. It's a good cigar, yeah. I'm going to go 8.9 on this one. Okay. Oh. Very nice. By the way, um, Dave, I so wish I could grow a beard like that. <laughs> you can do it. We call you can grow call, that, We Steve? call Chris Patches, right, Steve? I came in. I came in. Uh, what three months ago? And I, I've had a goatee for twenty plus years. Yeah. Right. And I came in the other day, uh, what three months ago, and I shaved it. And, and yeah, everybody, we shamed uh, you. Bunch of guys, right? bunch of guys were like. What? They didn't. A couple guys didn't even recognize me at one point, and I said, "Yeah, I, I just shaved. Time for a new look." What really happened was I had my clippers and I was trimming it, and I forgot to put the guard on it, and uh, I went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, done that. I've been there. Like, oh, oh sh-. Hey, like, damn it, yeah, damn it. <laughs> Might as well shave it all off right Dave, now. You Dave, know? Dave. So the cigar comes out to an eight point seven five. Very good, nice. good cigar. Yep. yep. 
Dave grew a beard. When my wife looked at Dave, this was, was it last year? Dave was trying to get out of federal yeah, jury duty. A year and a half ago, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Dave came up with a solution that he was just going to let everything grow. Nice. And had really long hair. And so and a homeless, he did. Oh, yeah, my, a homeless guy. My, yeah. my, my, wife, yeah. my wife looked at him. And said to me, did Dave take up drinking? <laughs> I said, no way, man. He looked like a street person. And no even, even Comedy Chris's wife was like, is Dave okay? But Dave was trying to get out of federal court. Yeah. And I told Dave, <laughs> Dave was going to wear a T-shirt and a, and a, and a, and a flannel, a, a flannel yeah. shirt and just walk in and say, is there a free lunch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the man that's sitting next Perfect. to you is one of the hacks. We know him. Do we get his music? Oh, we gotta oh you got to hear his music. Gotta, this is the man intro, sitting Steve. next to you is known as Pat McGroin, and here's his music. <laughs> I called my groin. People ask, it hurts you where? I say, put your hand right there. I called my groin. Uh, <laughs> hey, Pat, how you doing? I, I'm Timmy Groin. <laughs> I just walked in. Yeah, I just came from my uh, company Christmas party, and I... Uh, Got a few uh, awards, and uh, oh, you did. we had right. some cigars, too, which uh, were good, too. Wow. So, Great. Nice. Yeah, nice. I, got, I got four or five cigars. <laughs> really? And you got awards for what? Um, for being the best pruner. <laughs> Be- <laughs> For real. <laughs> and, um, he manscapes women. Yeah. <laughs> Best pruner. No, that's the bush trimmer. The bush yeah. trimmer. Yeah, the and bush then um, something else. Uh, forget what it was. Very important, though. Yeah, okay. I mean, very, very important. Yeah. Very important. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was. Yeah. Oh, best looking. That's right. That's yeah. what it was. Oh, <laughs> oh, with the smallest right. penis. You just went over the line. You <laughs> say your boss was blind? Well, I was with you. I, I, was, I was with you. And then you jumped across <laughs> that line. I was exactly. like, oh, That's a crude. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, if anyone doesn't know, I'm a horticulturalist. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, there uh, we go. All right. Time for the uh, local spotlight. Cigar yep. Lounge review. Here we are at the Christmas party. Two guys in Seabrook. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. It's a beautiful. What a nice spread, Dave Garofalo. You know, stand, he always does it right. Stand up guy. Was he truly. Yeah, yeah Dave. Here. Dave yeah. came early. He was here for a good hour. Truly, yeah. the well, food that was, was considering he had. Didn't he have two more shots? Two more. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Nashua yeah. and in Salem, but I think the food came from the chicken connection. Mm-hmm. He, it was food was great. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. stuffed chicken and with all the fixins, absolutely yeah. delicious. A good showing yeah. too. Had about 50, as, 50, 60 people. Even so Theo liked the food. I'll t- I'll tell you, I like to come up here. I try to come up at least once every couple of weeks, but. Um, this is just a great store. Mm, uh, ran into all sorts of people I know, and uh, it's just a great, great store. I, I thought I was uh, going to be in the hinterlands. Like I said, I grew up in Boston, lived in Boston forever. And two years ago, me and the girlfriend decided to get out of Boston. It was getting a little crazy with the girl. Right. My daughter lives on Plum Island with my grandson, and she had uh, three or four friends that had already moved to Newburyport. And, and I'm like, fine. I, my problem was that I've been telling her for 15 years that I could live in a tent. I don't care where we live. Right. You made that mistake. She says, how about new report? I'm like, fine. But fine. I love it. I love being up here more than anything. And this it's is a big part, of up here. big part of it because uh, I'm 10 minutes from here and I come in here two, three times a week, yeah. sit back there with, with a bunch of the guys, great conversation. Uh, and just a, a lot of good guys did, with interesting stories. Did you play yeah. in the CANH golf tournament? I don't think I did. That is no. that is something that is uh, they do every year. It's the Cigar Association of New Hampshire. I've never been invited. Maybe because it, my cigar lounge is in Rhode Island. 
No, <laughs> well, no, away. no, 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 no. It's yeah. so it's out of here. Yeah. Um, two guys, twins, two guys, plastal cigar shenanigans. Dave never invited and, me. And, oh. oh well. And Maybe so we're supposed to tell you. So what happens is uh, all the reps and some of the owners come, and they're on every hole giving out cigars. Great idea. There's uh, usually, uh, I know um, Jack Daniels' girl was there, and there's a couple of uh, New Hampshire Bear places that came. Mm-hmm. And it's just an unbelievable event. And, you, had uh, me, you had me a craft beer. I'm, I assume yeah. that a lot of them are There's some craft yeah. beer, too. Yeah. Craft yeah. Beers. You had me a craft and, beer. And the best part was there was one threesome that was throwing marshmallows on the course. <laughs> that was you. Nice. <laughs> Large marshmallows. And what was hysterical was we threw some in sand traps, and we got to see Eric from Castro's, who's the owner of Castro's. Well, trying to hit a marshmallow. Walks into a sand trap thinking he has his ball and hits <laughs> a marshmallow. <laughs> and you know Eric, right? Awesome. And, and it was a hot, hot day. Right. Yeah, right. so of course, when he hit it, it just smeared. All over his club. And the first thing he said, there's about 130 guys, 140 guys at the end. And the first thing he says, who the F is the group throwing the marshmallows? <laughs> we had four and five marshmallows Dude. all over on greens. Dude. And I took one marshmallow and put a tea through it. Right, right. <laughs> we, we filled one hole up with marshmallows. So when you ball went over, it just right, kept right. going. That, my, that, and my first reaction to that was like, what a dick. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. And what was funny was we put, we put some marshmallows on the side of the woods. Yeah. So four players would get up and put all four of their balls right. in the woods. And then they'd say, well, we're not going to hit a provisional because there's a ball right there. Right. And they'd get up to it and be like, those dick That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Love it. Now, where do you so guys cool. have that? So cool. Where do you guys have that tournament? Hysterical. Amherst uh, Country Club. Oh, yeah. yeah. Played there many times. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, fun I think place. it's like in July or August. Yeah. Dave yeah. has They do a nice job with winner, the Winner was oh, yeah. 17 under. Yeah. They were ringers. They were all They were ringers. A lot of mulligans. Ringers are good at math. No, they were ringers. Something about the year before. Oh, so the, the the year before, it was hysterical. So um, Carney and John, John Carney and of LFD and Maddie Tobacco yep. are on like the second hole. And John Carney has something in his hand, and he would hold it down. And just as one player from each foursome was coming through the ball, he would hit it. It was an air horn. Nice. Oh, God. Guy in our group spun around twice. The right. guy after us and the group after us threw his club further than the ball. It was hysterical. And Bugsy Siegel somehow won the closest to the pin. Right. But it was hysterical. There's so many golf tournaments out there that you can do. It's great to hear one where guys are having a blast. Around. This is having a blast. So, so, so by the 10th hole, so we started off on the 15th. So by the time we went around, because it's a shotgun, by the right. time we got to the 10th hole, we ran into Roy from uh, Perdomo. Yeah. And Roy's go. So you start off the tournament, everybody's drinking Bloody Marys right. and eating. And then on the very first hole, they have some other booze. So you're drinking, whatever they got. Of course. By the time I made it to the 10th hole, uh, Roy says, Rick, you want a Bloody Mary? And I'm already looped. And I said, sure. I get a Bloody Mary. By the time I made it to the 16th hole, I'm standing up over the ball. I'm wobbling. And I'm like, guys, I can't even see the ball. I'm, Forget I'm, about it. I'm going to swing at the one in the middle. Going, yeah. oh, yeah. Always we go for the middle. We were loaded. Right. Take the ball. Leave the, leave the marshmallow. It was right. a blast. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, just a great You know what? Tournament. There's so many of these golf tournaments that you go to, and it's, it's good, but... 
And then there's always yeah. a number of guys that are so intense and right. want to win and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. No. It's a charity no. event. It's a charity. It's all good. Have fun. Bust some balls. Yeah. Right. Do whatever. Have a great. The best it, tournaments I've been to, and I only play like six or seven a year around the country, but uh, the best tournaments are where guys are having fun, fun yeah. and enjoying it. And it's not about. Yep. Oh my God! I got to hit a great shot. Well, no, it right. isn't. It's about having fun with the guys yep. there. Two, year, two years ago, I ran up to the group that was ahead of us, and I took one of the guys. One of the guys was bragging about a brand new TaylorMade uh, driver. Right. Well, I took the driver. Of course. Put it in my bag. Didn't say a word. Right. And he's screaming, "Where the he gets in the car and takes off?" And then I put it back, like right there. Right. <laughs> he's going, "You." It was fun. Right. Yeah, it was a, a good golf fight. All we do is pull around. Those things, those tournaments, uh, because, again, there's so many of them you can play in, they're so much better when guys are just having fun and yeah. not not worrying about winning and not worrying yeah, about exactly. this. It's just go out and have fun. Here's the thing. It. I'd rather be with my old cronies playing, uh, having some beers, right. instead of being in a, in a, in a, a league where people right. are so, so strict. Right. But, but you, can, you can. the good thing about those is you can buy a foursome and, and play with your boys and have a good time. Yeah, you know that's that's yeah. the thing. And, what you're yeah. doing, Pro? That's a that's a good. That's yeah. a, sounds like a good tournament. A lot oh, of fun. Amher- Every year. And Amherst does a great job with those. They do a lot yeah. of tournaments. They do it because they great do job. a great job. That's why. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a, a great good job. buddy uh, lives in Hudson, and his company uh, is involved in a lot of stuff around the area. He's oh, we always we play once a year at a tournament. I think it's for the police. I'm not sure, yeah. but uh, yeah, and, the- but it's just a good time. It's a good time, and that's. That's no, what you want. No, that's, okay. I, I play a ton of golf. I probably play close to 200 rounds a year. And I do it because I'm usually playing with guys I have a good time with. And that's all. That's and all it, the score matters nothing. What matters is that you had a good time. Yep. That's all, you know. Well, none of us are going to make a living playing golf. No. <laughs> but we can't have a damn good time playing golf while we're doing sure. it. That's Great that, analogy. Yep. Yeah. That, okay. That, time for uh, Controversy Corner. What do you got? Oh, hang on. Okay. Is that 2020 or is that like X-Files. Keith Morrison X Files? That's yeah. right. X Files. Keith Morrison's the best though at those controversial <laughs> movies out there. Okay, so I have something written down here: Jones versus Zappy. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a good controversy. What do you think? Do we have to last week's game? I'd say Zappy. <laughs> um, oh boy! But didn't they win last week? Yes, yeah, they did. But you know, you know. I mean, I think I think the defense won. Yeah, I think the defense won the game. But you okay. know, one thing is, you know, to give Jones some credit. I just don't think the coach are allowing him to throw the ball. They're not letting him throw the you know the, the long ball because he's already shown that. Wow, well, he can throw that ball downfield. Kenny, you know, know something with that receiving I don't know. group, with yeah. that offensive line. Yeah. Will he have time with that offensive line to throw downfield? Yeah. I yeah. think the only well the only guy he's got really is Henry, but the line's not you know. But Henry's him. not a downfield receiver. But no. here's the thing: you know? Zappy yeah. gets in, and it's just killing it. How did he do the last game he played? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's true. They, yeah. Well, the <laughs> other right. team had a great, so, right, great defensive let me, line. Let me ask you this. Uh, uh, and having watched the NFL and played there for a long time, I've seen so many young quarterbacks come in, tear it up. Uh, the biggest example might have been Birdie. Gardner Minshew. Oh, right. Gar- remember Gardner? It was like uh, Minshew Madness, right. whatever. Guy's barely holding on to a team right now. Uh, I get it, and, and I appreciate what Zappy did. He came in, and he was, and he had the, he also he also embraced the idea that, hey, I'm a backup. I might as well wing it, you know, which is the way you have to do it as a backup, right? right? That's all fine and well. 
if I were to ask you, in the first 25 starts of their career, who was better, Mac Jones or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Wrong. Really? 100% wrong. Not even remotely close. On the first really? 25 games. On the first, first 25, 25 games, games they started. Yeah. The first okay. 25 games they started. But what did Buffalo do? They signed Stephon Diggs, phenomenal receiver. They had Cole Beasley for two years, which right. is a great – he was a Welker element type receiver in the, in the slot. And he they and they upgraded their offensive line. And Josh Allen learned and got better. Right. Josh Allen was a 56% completion guy in college at University of Wyoming, which you're playing North Dakota State and right, right. East Arizona Tech. You know, you're not playing – but he, they saw a big guy with a great arm, and they knew that they could teach him. But it didn't happen until he got better receivers and was able to get a better offensive line and a better running game, and it helped him a lot. Mac Jones' numbers uh, are uh, 15 to 20% better than what uh, Josh Allen had in his first two years. The difference is that with Josh Allen, there was a big upside. Because he played in a lower level with le- with no NFL caliber players whatsoever, Mac Jones played at Alabama with with the year he got drafted. They had five, five guys right. drafted in the first round, all on offense. Mm-hmm. the The thirty seventh player, fifth in the second round, was their center. So in the first thirty seven picks, he had five teammates that were NFL. Caliber. Caliber already. So I don't know if the upside for Mac, ja- Mac Jones is as big as it was for uh, for Josh Allen, but I'd like to see Mac Jones with a good receiving core and a better offensive line. Yeah. Uh, not that he'll be a Josh Allen, because Josh Allen is one of the top four or five quarterbacks in the league right now. But I'll take, having known Bill Belichick for many, many years and had many conversations with him, both on and off the air, First thing you when when you ask Bill Belichick about Mac Jones, the first Hi. thing he'll tell you is the kid's got great study habits, and that resonated with me because he told us before Brady took over for Bledsoe, and when Brady was a third string quarterback, off the air I'm talking with him whatever, and, and it's funny because you know Bill Belichick used to come and join us for 20 minutes or whatever depending on how long you wanted to talk, and off the air I'm talking to him, I'm talking to him outside the studio, and we're coming back to the show. And I'm talking with Belichick, and the producer's like, you got to get in. I'm like, no, I'm sitting here talking to Bill Belichick. I'm not going in there because Bill, Bill's having a very straightforward conversation with me. He's told me before Brady ever even took the field, he goes, keep an eye on this kid Brady. He's got good study habits. Before Brady ever took a snap for the, for the Patriots, Belichick appreciates guys that study the game. Study the game. So can I think about it this way? How many Hall of Famers did Brady play with yeah, in his six Super Bowls? No, no, no. Think of them. How many? Okay, Moss was Moss. 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 How long did he play with? A couple years. Yeah, a year. Yeah, one so year. He, yeah. Okay. Who else? Okay, uh, Richard Seymour. That was half of Brady's career. Not even half. Edelman. Or? Uh, Edelman's not Hall of Famer. Oh, he is not. Mm. I would put him in. Yeah, uh, well, but Bruschi. I don't know if he will be. And then Bruschi. Bruschi's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Hopefully not. Ty Law? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rodney Harrison should be. Yeah. Vince might be. Right. Uh, Some of those are defense. Seymour for so, Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So that doesn't... He, well, he, he, he didn't play with a ton of Hall of Famers. No. Why was he so good? Because he... Brady knew, and I talked to Brady about it too. He knew that when he came into the league, it wasn't his arm strength. It certainly wasn't his speed uh, running the ball. <laughs> he, knew, he knew his only chance 
of being a great quarterback was to study and study and study. And you couldn't have a better coach than Bill Belichick, who loves to teach, loves to teach. I knew within a week of playing for Bill Belichick and the Giants that this guy was different because he would, not only would he was he brilliant about what he was doing, he would talk to his players about their opinions on things and what was comfortable with. First time he asked me one time, he goes, he says, uh, hey, Steve, what do you think about such and such? I'm like, yeah, coach, whatever you need. He goes, shuts, we're watching film, and shuts the video off, turns the lights on. He goes, what do you mean whatever I need? I'm like, coach, you asked me to do something, and I said, I'll do whatever I can. He goes, that's not what I asked you. I said, what do you think about something? I was like, well, coach, I, I'm, I, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. He goes, it's not what I asked you. I want to know how comfortable you are in your situation. If you're not comfortable with something we ask you to do, you have to be honest with us, and you have to tell us that you're not comfortable. Don't worry about it. We'll figure out something that you're comfortable with, and we'll work it into our defense, and that's fine. Belichick's not a guy that says, here's what you do, and you damn well better do it because I'm Bill Belichick. He looks at it and says, how do I take this guy and let him help our team? Mike Vrabel. Right. Mike Vrabel, Pittsburgh, number one pick from Pittsburgh. They had no idea what to do with him. Bill Belichick gets him, all of a sudden turns him into a Pro Bowl player. Rob Ninkovich. Rob Ninkovich was a guy who could barely hold on in New Orleans for one year and Miami for two years. He gets him and turns him into a, a reasonably good player. What about Jones now? Jones, uh, uh, 25. Uh, I see that. Tiny little yeah. tiny little receiver. Uh, he uh, was defensive defense. back. Yeah. Defensive back. Uh, he, he was basically responsible for the last two wins. Yeah. Uh, you know, all those little things that Bill Belichick doesn't look at guys in terms of their athletic talent because he's not going to change things to accommodate a talent, what he'll do is find what talent you have and figure out how it works and what we can do. He'll change things. So I have a loaded yeah. question for you. Yeah. And it's a loaded question. It's all good. I'm with it. You played ball for a long time. Mm-hmm. Who was the best? Who is the best of, of the quarterbacks? They, they always say Brady's the uh, is the Go. GOAT. But who truly, when you look at um, uh, guys I played Aaron against, guys I played against, no, or guys just in I, general, uh, played uh, the game. Not a doubt, Tom Brady. Tom not Brady. Not even a question. Although I'll, I will preface, I mean, I will put an asterisk on that, saying that if Dan Marino was playing in this day and age with these rules now, he would be throwing for six thousand a year, not just five thousand. Think about it this way: before they changed the rules, there were. Three seasons where a quarterback had over 5,000 yards. One was Warren Moon with that wide-open offense that they right. had, and two of the others were Dan Marino. That was when you could hit quarterbacks. That was when you could beat the shit out of receivers. That was when you could physically right. dominate an offense. You give Dan Marino in this situation, uh, though the rules that they have now, Dan Marino would be tearing it up. Wow. Not even a question. I uh, would he win six Super Bowls? That's next to impossible. Right. Brady and Belichick did it. Uh, so you have to give uh, Brady the nod. But in terms of quarterbacks, in terms of sheer talent and ability, and I, I would say there's Tom Brady, there's Aaron Rodgers. No, Peyton Aaron Rodgers is in my top three. Yeah, Aaron, uh, who are your top three? I would, I would say I would put Dan Marino in there, two, Joe Montana, three. Mahomes is making a nice case. Oh, oh yeah. He's Just making a real nice case. Oh, yeah. Real nice case. You know, five Aaron, years from now, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Okay, he's top six, five, whatever. Uh, but he's won one Super Bowl. Yeah, one Super Bowl. So the, I don't, I don't follow football a lot, but you can yeah. watch like anything, like music, football, yeah. whatever it is. 
when you see like a master, you can recognize it. Oh, it's yeah. a common really? thread. And the first time I ever saw Mahomes play, I was like, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't quick, believe what quick, I couldn't believe what I saw. So, so, next, so oh. next year, will Zappy still be on the Pats? Well, yes. will he still yeah. be so here? Yeah. My my question to you is because I think it's a huge part of it is the play calls because you have a defensive coach. Coat, uh, picking calls for offense. You think that doesn't matter. You don't think it. No, matters? it matters. Uh, think about it this way: if you're a great defensive coach, yeah. that means you understand offense, right? Uh, and the other, the, that's one part of it. The other part of it is the one thing I did notice when I went to the Giants. When I was with the Cowboys, Tom Landry, I played for him for five years. Wow, phenomenal coach, legendary Hall of Famer, just as uh, and a very smart, smart man. But when he came to you with the game plan, it was like Moses coming down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments. <laughs> right. Thy shall run cover two, thy shall go deep, thy shall do this. Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells was constantly evolving. It was it was not unheard of for Belichick to come to us at the Giants and after one series, maybe two series, say, okay, guys, all that we practiced, all right, screw it. Here's what we're going to do instead. And you had to be ready to do that. Right. You go into the game. You go into the game plan with fifteen or twenty percent of your playbook, and he would. You had to know all of it because Belichick, if he saw something that he wanted to react to, you had to be ready to play every other part of that defense. It's not something that the game is very fluid, and you can't anticipate everything, but you can react to what's going on around you, and that's the difference between a great coach and a great quarterback. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, great quarterbacks and lesser quarterbacks, great coaches, lesser quarterbacks. How you react to what's happening around you, you know. And I don't know how many times I was a defensive signal caller for the Giants, uh, calling the huddle, and Bill Belichick would send in a signal that, like, he sent me a signal for thirty-one safety zone. I'm like, we haven't practiced that. And I didn't, I you know, we didn't have the microphone right. back then. But I'm like, oh, Bill's making an adjustment. Okay. And I would tell the guys. Well, for backstory, the only reason I was the uh, when when I was with Carl Banks, one of the greatest outside backers ever to play, Pepper Johnson, phenomenal inside backer, and of course Lawrence Taylor, the best player I've ever been around. And they tell me that I'm the signal caller, and I'm like, this is the beginning, right at the start of the season. I'm like, oh, I'm the signal caller. Uh, Pepper finally pulls me aside. He goes, Steve. You know, none of us wanted to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, of course I do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm only doing it because you guys. I'm going, you know. Yeah. But at first, I was like, "Oh, look at me!" I'm yeah, like, yeah. Right. And the and I said, I remember saying it very clearly. Hey, guys, all right, pace, listen up, listen up. Thirty-one safety zone. And a couple guys, defensive backs, were like, "What? What? What? What?" I'm like, "We know it. Let's, Let's play it. it. It's all good." And his adjustments were were ridiculous. A guy like Brady. <laughs> is capable now and has been for 10 years at least of making those adjustments on his own. He's in, he's he think about it. He's been on the front lines for 24 years. He probably knows as much or more than any coach that could coach him. Right. Outside of Belichick. Right. You know, and that's why Bruce Arians is not there. That's why they he's got he's got a guy in I think it's Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not sure who it is, that uh, that they work with they work with Brady. Why, and if you're a good coach, why wouldn't you tap that knowledge? Sure. Exactly. And that's the one thing that I noticed about Belichick and Parcells. They valued the opinions of their players. So did you ever f*** up the signs? F*** 
yeah. Just call the wrong play? Yes. Yes. Because it was hand signals, you know? Oops. And I'm sweating my ass off, and I'm just happy that I'm actually on the field, right. knowing full well I don't belong on the best defense in the NFL. Right. I spent five years with a crappy defense in Dallas where I couldn't – I started five games in five years, and all of a sudden I'm the starting linebacker for the best linebacker group in the in the, in the NFL. I'm like – I don't belong here. Right. I, I can't screw up. I, <laughs> and inevitably, I'd screw up. And, and But the other thing... And what Belichick, would they say to you? Well, Belichick would give you the ability to make an audible defensively. Right. And for the first three games that I started for him, I wouldn't make a single audible. He finally pulled me aside very quietly. He goes, you know, Steve, I, I trust you. I trust your judgment. Uh, why, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you call stack cover two in this situation? It's exactly what ah. we've talked about. I basically told him the truth. I said, Coach, I'm... I think I'm in over my – I didn't say I'm over my head. I said, I'm a minor player in this phenomenal Giants defense. I don't know how comfortable I am making an audible. He goes, I count on you to make the right decision. I wouldn't have put you in this position if I didn't think you were capable of making the right decisions. You have to make those decisions. And to me, it was a revelation of a coach as brilliant as he was giving you the telling trust. me – Yeah, giving me the – Go ahead to make a call, and, yeah. and then of course, in the next three games, I was making that call every time. I was like, ah, I'm yeah. oh, so, yeah. so and he's like, relax, you don't have to do it every time, but <laughs> just relax. So bringing it back to cigars, yeah. How many of the players put cigars in their mouth and they've never had a cigar? Uh, you see that only after big wins, really, yeah. only after big, and wins. they turn green uh, most of the time. Depends on what on what you offer. You know? uh, uh, and in the locker room, I had uh, when we won the Super Bowl, I had a box of cigars sitting in there, and uh, there were at least fifteen of the twenty guys that were smoking cigars, which is like, uh, you know, me, uh, me and, and Lawrence uh, and Pepper, who all smoke cigars, were like. Hell yeah, we just won a championship. Blah, right. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, we did an, an interview in the locker room after the Super Bowl, uh, smoking a cigar. And you guys know when you're on the mic sometimes, you have a right. cigar. We did this at EI all the time because we, we used to have this huge tailgate tent where you'd entertain 350 people and they'd go to the game and we'd smoke cigars and watch the game in the tent. And, and then we'd walk. I had a, a buddy put a shed in. And build a studio in the shed, so we walked twenty yards after the game and do the post game show. But it was our shed, so we could smoke cigars. Well, <laughs> what's better than what you guys are doing right now? Right, nothing. Right. Talking on the air, having a cigar. What's better than that? But every once in a while, some me, Fred, or Glenn would be like, "Yeah, so you know, we're oh, sorry." What I meant to say was, and then every once in a while, one of us, like Fred, liked to hold the microphone. Every once in a while, he'd start talking into a cigar. And I'm like, no, no, your cigar is going to work. <laughs> but it was, it was just great radio. But most of the guys, there are a lot of younger guys. They, you know, they, I didn't discover cigars until about four years into the NFL. So you got a lot of guys that weren't, weren't cigar guys. But after a big, after a Super Bowl win, you wouldn't do it, at least at the Giants. I wouldn't know with the Cowboys because we sucked back then. But anyway, uh, with the Giants, we, we wouldn't do it unless it was a meaningful win. Right. And the only That's meaningful the- win for the Giants back then was a Super Bowl. And, uh, and then go. after that, I, those cigars went so fast, and I guarantee you 15 of the guys, uh, so, a few of them threw up, and a couple of the guys were like, <laughs> So Mah. to another wonderful show that's between Kansas and Colorado, the Retro Hail, wonderful, wonderful show, even though I doubt we'll win a Haley. But uh, <laughs> just to throw this out there, boys, 
Uh, I don't know. One week we have Rocky. The following week we have the great Steve Diossi. Yeah. Beat that, boys. <laughs> <laughs> First off, I'll, I'll debate the great, but uh, hey, when, it comes, Super Bowl to, when, it, when it comes to the, the, the cross-hatching of football and cigars, I'm up there. Yeah, there I'm up go. there. Yep. Football, I'm over here. Cigars, <laughs> cigars I'm over here. There. Put them together. Yep. Yeah, it's a little cross-reference there. You know? yeah. All right, so back to Zappi versus Jones. What I've noticed is when Jones goes off to the sidelines, he's conferring with Zappi on things. They're talking about what to do. It happens all the time. Yeah. It happened before Zappi came in. Yeah. It happens all the time. You're, you're gonna, yeah. uh, especially in a Belichick team, you're going to talk with I see uh, anyone and, and everyone, whether it's the coach, whether right. it's your position coach, yeah. your teammates. Uh, they, uh, uh, they, the, the, the biggest thing about the play calling with the with the Patriots, and I saw it at the Giants, is that it's a collaborative effort. It's never uh, okay. We might want to look at we might want to look at Matt Patricia and say, well, he's not an offensive play caller. The fact is that during the week, they are a very collaborative issue, and nothing gets by without Belichick. Whether it was Josh McDaniel calling the plays, or uh, Charlie Weiss, or uh, Matt Patricia, it, it's a collaborative effort that they fine tune over the week to the point where on I think it was usually Thursday night or Friday night, whatever it was, coaches are there till 11, 12 o'clock at night, which is insane as far as I'm concerned. It's one of the reasons I turned down the opportunity to coach in the NFL is because I couldn't picture myself being there from 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. with you know kid teenage teenage kids. These guys will they'll take the the offensive coaches. We'll take the game plan, study it, and and try to poke holes in it. The defensive coaches will take the offensive game plan and try to poke holes in that. So it's not just an offensive coach collaboration. It's an entire uh, coaching staff collaboration. And they break things down incredibly. And a lot of these uh, play calls are based on the fact that they don't have a very good offensive line and they don't have a great receiving core and they have to make do with what they can do. It looks a little bit like Brady's first offense in uh, in the year that he was playing. Yep. Short dump offs here and there. You weren't trying to make him do things that weren't possible with that team. So uh, I have all the faith in the world in the guy like Bill Belichick. Uh, and when it comes to the idea of the play calling, this isn't some something that Matt Patricia comes up with his head and says, "Let's do this." This is something that they've talked about during the week in any number of situations, and uh, which is probably part of the genius of Bill Belichick. He's more than willing than most coaches I've ever seen between the the Cowboys and the Jets uh, to actually trust, believe in, and seek the opinions of his coaches and players. And players, mm-hmm. they don't want a player to be uncomfortable in a situation. They don't want a coach to be uncomfortable in a situation. Anything that's called, first off, it all goes through Belichick. Uh, and then 90% of the time, he's fine with whatever's called. Uh, but every once in a while, he'll step in and say, here's what we're going to do instead. But the fact is that it's unique to the NFL, from what I understand from my son playing for 13 years and from talking to guys that have played over the last 20 years or so, that the thing is that oftentimes the offensive coordinator is controlling that offense. It's not a collaborative effort. At the Patriots under Bill Belichick, and just like it was in the Giants under Bill Parcells, it's a collaborative effort, and they want the opinions of all their coaches and a lot of their players. Not all of them, 
mm-hmm. Bill Belichick wasn't coming to me for an opinion when he could go to LT. Yeah. You know, that was that would not have made sense. Right. But in certain situations, he'd ask me my opinion. I grew up thinking the coach tells me to do it. I try to do it. Yeah. See that, Dave? You're a great producer. You need to ask us our opinion well, yeah, before you, you say it doesn't matter. As far as Zappi goes, I like the way he played. I like, you know, he didn't play great in his uh, uh, last appearance, but I've seen dozens of backup quarterbacks have good two, three, four games here, or there, whatever, mm-hmm. and then not be able to maintain that the whole yeah. way. Wow. So, okay. Okay. Yep. okay so that's time for the recap. Recap the cigar. This, sir, is called the Dudley. It is a way to smoke it down to the nub and I've not burn your hands. I've seen it. What was the cigar tonight? The cigar tonight was the West was Tampa. Nice. West Black. Tampa. Oh, it's very right, nice. Right behind nice. you in the case there. Very well made cigar right too. I've never had a West Tampa, so well, if you were nice. here on time first, getting your little pruning award, yeah, right. you would yeah. have been smoking. The, the experts, and by, right. and by experts, I mean me, said that it's a what eight five. Yeah. Well, you were here two weeks ago, weren't you, or a couple weeks ago? I, I think I came in, and, and you were here. I've, I've been here quite a bit. Two, he has, three a, times he has a, week. a bigger question. Did yeah. you know who he was? No, I did not. I, <laughs> I learned something new every day. Is that because he, he shaved his no, goatee off? There's no, no, there's, <laughs> no, there's no reason because <laughs> yeah. I found a way to I found a way to fool camouflage yourself in, right? fool uh, coaches for 12 years to get, really? you know. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't the athlete that most of those guys were, but yeah. I would uh, still played. Uh, I would hit more than most. And that's and basically I was at linebacker I was like a part-time nose tackle to so smash the so your son does me. 13 years. Does he buy you a house? <laughs> Didn't even pay me back for the education that he got at Brown. <laughs> Not only that, I had enough money put away for their college educations for all the kids and everything, and that's fine. It was good. He gets accepted up to Phillips Andover, which is one of the top yeah, prep right. schools in the world. That's 27000 a year. <laughs> and I'm like, I have to do this. I had to dip into that college money a little right. bit. To, you know, Phillips Andover has produced seven presidents. Right. right. 12 vice presidents, oh, I mean, sick, yeah. mega. Uh, right, right, um, right. And I'm like, of course, he, I got to get, now I got to scramble the money. Now he decides, he actually told me he was going to accept a scholarship, I think it was to UNH or something. And when he told me, he goes, yeah, I think I'm going to UNH. That's my alma mater. Yeah. Give me a U, give me yeah. an N, yeah. give me an H. What's that spell? Yeah. Uh, so he said, <laughs> he said, uh, he said, uh, he said, yeah, it'll be fine, Dad. It'll work out. And I'm like, that's not how you're supposed to act when you choose right. the college you're going to. You should be fired up and excited. So we walk after dinner, and I'm like, so, UNH. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be good, whatever. He actually said whatever, which a lot of kids do these days anyway. Yeah. But I'm like, no, no, you're supposed to be excited about what you do. <laughs> I said, what, what? all these colleges that are recruiting you, what would you be excited about going to? He goes, Dad, I'd love to go to Brown, but... His older sister was one year older. She was already in college. His twin sister was going to college at the same time. He goes, but dad, they don't offer scholarships. I can't ask the family to pay for me to go to Brown as much as I'd love to go there. I'm like telling him, look, son, I hate when I call him son, but look, son, you don't act stupid in front of me. All right. You're not stupid. If you, you want to go to Brown, me and your mom will figure it out. That's fine. And as I'm saying that, I know how much it costs to go to Brown. There's right. no football scholarships. I'm, my brain is saying, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> shut but my lips are saying say, yeah, no what the right thing. Yeah, yeah. So he goes to Brown and, and gets into the NFL. But that was one of those. I retired three years ago. Uh, 
my I taught at colleges. My daughter could have went to any of the schools I taught at, and some of them were really good schools. Right. Instead, she picks a seventy thousand dollar college. Right. You know. Right, and I had to go back to work. <laughs> what do you say? What, what do you say? What do you say? You, say? Right? you, you don't say no. Kid. You yeah. don't say no. So what position? You make it happen. What position do your son play? A linebacker and uh, a long snapper. Oh, nice. he, had, he played linebacker for five years at the Giants, and then became the best long snapper in the league. Went to three Pro Bowls to long snap, and oh, wow. which he holds over my head because I was a long snapper too. Yeah, well, you taught him and, everything you knew. No, I never taught him anything. Yeah, no, really. I would love to claim yeah. that, but I never taught him anything. <laughs> And he goes, so you went to three Pro Bowls? And he goes, yeah, I went to three Pro Bowls as a long snapper. I'm like, listen, son, if they had long snappers in the Pro Bowl when I was playing, they would have had to build me a house in Hawaii, all right? Because <laughs> there's no chance I was the best. And then Belichick comes out with a statement saying that I absolutely changed the entire scenario of long snapping in the league. Wow. Uh, yeah, because I, I, was the only, I was the first long snapper to actually have a blocking assignment. Which allowed you to keep guys like Matthew Slater out on the edge. Right. It used to be they'd load up, they'd load up one side, and you'd have to bring the gunner like Matthew Slater, uh, Matthew Slater into the thing, and that's a lot easier to block him when he's in the in the mix there, as, as opposed to when he's spread out. So in Dallas, they tricked me into. They asked me, "Can you block somebody after you snap?" And I thought that's how you do it in the NFL. So, well, yeah, of course I can. That's because I'm me. I can do this. <laughs> Two days later, I realized we were devising an entirely new system, and that's what every team in the NFL uses now. And Belichick said in an interview a few months ago uh, that I changed the game of long snapping. Look, wow. So I hold it over my son. I'm like, you know, without me, you're not doing Right. You're not doing thing. And not, meanwhile, he says, "Dad, yeah, yeah. I'm living in Hawaii, and I'm having yeah, a ball." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> but he is nice enough to take me golfing at his very exclusive country club all the time, and <laughs> you know, he goes down to Augusta twice a year. He's uh, great friends with Eli Manning, and and Peyton's a member of Augusta. Right. Augusta wouldn't let Peyton join until he was done playing, and Eli will be a member there soon too, but. They, he used to go down there. With, he still goes down there twice a year with Eli and Peyton and whatever. And and, uh, and he always buys me a shirt or a hat or something. <laughs> not you not know, a yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like, what, are you kidding me? And then I started thinking. I was like, hey, you know, uh, you know, Peyton and Eli's dad played in the NFL, and your dad played in the NFL. Maybe we do a little father son Augusta challenge. He goes. Ooh. I don't think that would sell. <laughs> like, screw you, you bastard. Yeah, yeah. Funny. Okay, so what did you guys think of the cigar here? Any Good cigar. Up? I think it was yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Still smoking it. Love well it. done. It was well done. Yeah. Great construction. Uh, a yeah. nice uh, nice finish. Though, and the, 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 the whole thing was, again, great cigar. I take it to, will I smoke it again? I'll absolutely smoke it. Okay. Well, now, okay, so now. Will I buy a box? Yes, I'll buy a box. I have nothing bad to say about yeah. this cigar. Yeah. yeah, you didn't smoke it. <laughs> you didn't smoke it. Okay, time to wrap her up here. Let's yeah. wrap her up. the lights off here and uh, starting to get ready to wrap up. Okay. okay, thanks to the panel. Let's go around this way. We got Mark the Long Hauler. You load 16 times. Why do you get another day older and deeper in debt? Great show. Love being here. Great cigars. Great people. Great atmosphere. Thanks for having me again. Okay. What do we use for Chuck? I don't even remember. Uh, the Caballeros. Oh, that's right.
Andre, Andre. Awesome. <laughs> Check the best. You're a great cigar, great guys. Uh, thank you for uh, inviting me into the uh, podcast. Uh, and now the first today. Last time was the first first. This is the second first. Second first. The first first was sm- having the pleasure of smoking a cigar, cigar that wasn't released, which was the Rocky Patel. But yes, I need to buy a box. Of it. it was phenomenal. Absolutely. I got my sell them here. So maybe that's why my score was so low. Not low, but it wasn't as high as it could be in this one, but it was a great cigar. And the second first today was my dog took the biggest poop he ever did inside yep. during the podcast. <laughs> it was solid, though. So it was, it was solid. solid. Definitely it was solid. solid. Yes. <laughs> Easy cleanup. Yeah. All right. Reverend Abe. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, folks. I hope you enjoyed the program. Thanks for all our listeners. Uh, again, happy holidays to everyone, and God bless you. And uh, we'll be back next week, same time, same station. But we don't. Uh, oh, we're going to be at the shag next week. Right? Yeah, we're going to be at the shag, shag. At the shag next week. Shagging it up. <laughs> so have uh, have a good week, folks. Okay, sitting in for Mr. Bo Jimbles, we got Pat McGroin. I called Mike Royer. People ask, it hurts you where? I say, put your hand right there. I called Mike Royer. Yeah, I'm enjoying the night. Uh, next week I might be uh, snow plowing. Actually, tomorrow night I might be snow plowing. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. So salt, salt. No. I might have to salt. So it's gonna be warm. To that's. <laughs> it's gonna be warm. We're saying goodbye. So I might make a cameo next week because I'm in the neighborhood if I'm working. So All right. we'll see you guys then. Okay, we have Hunter Rick. You spot a little brook. Put your little dear lips down to the cool, clear water. Bam! A f***ing bullet rips off part of your head. Your brains are laying on the ground in little bloody pieces. My cousin Vinny, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Marissa Tomei. Yeah, Yeah. awesome. There you go. All right, everybody. It was a great show. Um, Don here uh, heading to Florida tomorrow, but um, whatever. I think uh, the uh, special (laughs) guest, Steve, and and, uh, two guys for uh, for their annual party. And uh, hope everybody has a nice, safe, happy holidays. Okay, so Steve, in the in the locker room or in the huddle, do you ever hear this? Out there, and you're doing your thing out there. I think you're gonna be really great if you don't f- up. <laughs> <laughs> I had two ex-wives during my playing years. I heard that quite a bit. Right? <laughs> they look as good as to, uh, most to me. Uh, well, yeah, one of them did. <laughs> Hell yeah, she did. <laughs> okay, we got uh, Nurse Rick. This town needs an enema. Hey, enema boy is in the house. What a great interview. Great interview. Great friends. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, great yeah. show. Great. Okay, oh. we have Steve Diossi, Mr. NFL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fortino. Yes. Right now, I'm walking on the field, arms raised <laughs> to old Fortuna. I'm go- I may get my ass kicked, but I'm going to do a little ass kicking on the way. Hey, yeah, that's no, all. That's it. Uh, Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you guys very much. Thank it was you. Thank wonderful, you very, very much. Wonderful time. I, I enjoy uh, when when guys uh, know their cigars and talking about cigars. I love doing it. It's great. Thank you very, very much. You're welcome. Thank, You're welcome. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. All right. This is your humble announcer, producer, Cigar Hack Dave. I just don't know. All right. Thanks to the <laughs> listeners. You made it through another one. Our social media tag is Cigar Hacks all over the usual channels. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our website, CigarHacks.com. And Facebook. All right. 
Uh, send us an email, cigarhacks at cigarhacks.com, just like Nashville Dave. How about you out in Malta? You haven't, yeah, called, Malta. You haven't written in. That's Come right. in, Malta. Yeah, we got somebody listening out in Malta. Awesome. The Maldives, Guam. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, see you next time at Cigar Hacks. Remember, we're just a bunch of hacks comparing Jones with Zappy and smoking cigars. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Just sounds like a, sounds like a good night. Talking yeah. cigars, etc.